That's Jim Carrey, part of Kissmas Music on 106.1 Kiss FM. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. All of your holiday favorites now through New Year's Eve right here on 106.1 Kiss FM. Blake and Aaron Show brought to you by Subway Eat Fresh. Time is not, or sorry, which was nine. Uh, 7.29 right now. Big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Darren's spilling the tea candy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Well, good morning, Sandy. How are you? Hey, good morning, Blake and Aaron. I'm fantastic. How are you guys? Awesome. Great. Good. What do you have for us on this Wednesday morning? Well, I think everybody in the world knows that Argentina beat Croatia yesterday. Three yeah, mil. We were just talking mm-hmm. about What yeah. a man. <laughs> it was, oh, man, I kind of felt bad for Croatia, to be honest. There's I did, but good for, you know, you know, like messy and stuff. There's yeah, zero, there's always zero. a winner and a loser, so what can you do? There's zero productivity in Cayman after 2 p.m. Uh, yesterday and today. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure of that, yes. Yeah. Um, they should have just given everyone the afternoon off. But anyway, good game. <laughs> Bless you. Jeez, was that a sneeze or did a dog, did did he step on a dog's foot? She has the cutest sneeze. Uh, (laughs) That is so funny. You sneezed yesterday on the show. Are you allergic to me? (laughs) I I don't recall sneezing yesterday. Uh, Um, Day before. I have before. Blake's got a calendar and he marks it down every time. Every time you sneeze, I'm marking that down. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So there's new regulations coming. That uh, is going to help protect native plants and animals. That's good. Um, yes, this is good. The National Conservation Alien Species Regulations, they can come up with some interesting names, will introduce a prohibited species list, outline the distinctions between domestic and feral animals, and further define the procedures <clears throat> and allowable actions to control feral animals and other alien species to reduce the threat to the native species. So this is quite interesting. Hmm. Uh, you know, they had amended the law a few years back as it relates to the green iguana specifically versus the native blue iguana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, the legislation was very general about not killing iguanas, but you know, in fact, the non-native green iguana has taken over and they needed to introduce the culling program. So I guess this will further make a distinction between the species that we really need to protect versus uh, maybe something that's invasive and that has been brought in. Okay. Yes. um, The swimming team is doing well. So the Kimana Bay Aquatic Club achieved 17 Carifta Aquatic Championships championship qualifying times at the 2022 Coconut Cup held at the Kimana Bay Pool from December the 2nd to the 4th. So well done. So all of these young people, looks like they started very young, all the way up. So there's a grand total of 113 amateur swimmers uh, that CBAC entered and finished um, for the 2022 Coconut Cup. All points uh, ended up, sorry, with overall points of 6,569 to claim first prize. That's good. Congratulations to them. Yeah, Seven nice. mile swimmers came in second. Well and done. Ding Ray yeah, Swim Club really cool. in third. So, yeah. Okay. We've always cool. got really good swimmers on this island. The kids are, you know, they well, really focus. You should. We're kind of <laughs> surrounded yeah. everywhere you look. I know, but you'd be surprised that other islands don't really have, you know, as mm. strong swimmers. Yeah. Yeah. So, the... um we, We've had strong swimmers for years. Even yeah, uh, some, some Olympians. 
Yeah. Um, my wife was a, a very strong swimmer back in the day. Um, yeah, swimming is just a big thing here. Mm-hmm. Just like Jamaica has bobsledding. <laughs> yeah, I guess. The Allen B. Levin, and that's the NSU Broward Center um, of Innovation, has an economic and education development engine in South Florida, and they've announced uh, its first official innovation nation partnership with Cayman Enterprise City. So hello, this is great news. Puts the Cayman Islands on the map. And they're going to be establishing the Cayman Islands Country Desk Initiative at this Levin Center of Innovation. So basically what this will do is allow NSU and the Levin Center of Innovation to partner with Cayman Economic City to create what they say is unlimited possibilities mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sorry for startup companies based in the Cayman Islands to actually enter the U.S. market successfully. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So um, this is a good move, I guess, because really it's going to help the Cayman Islands enter um, sort of the more global network with new opportunities and connections to the South Florida region. So this is fantastic. All right. Excellent. Yeah. All right. So those are some of your news headlines today. <clears throat> All righty. And uh, big news. Yeah. yeah. On, on CMR. Let me let me show you what we got going on here in the studio. Should have started with that. Um, <laughs> can you big see news. I need to move out the way. You ended with all big All the news. prizes in the background. Mm, don't see anything right now. I don't see anything. Yeah, it's kind of hard to see because of the lighting back there. Do you have the lights on? We need more lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, yeah. No, it's literally a blank. We've a blank got screen. over 60 prizes that we will be giving away right Great. here on the Cool Hard Truth. Everything from phones to Kimana Bay vouchers, tablets, and, you know, wellness planners. Lots of chocolate, of course. You wouldn't be a fan of the show if you didn't know that we love chocolate around here. Mm. Um, so, yeah, over 60 prizes in total. $100 gift certificates and all sorts of fun stuff. Well, so. well great. Uh, we wanted to let you know that we're giving two more chances. Mm-hmm. Win in our $5,000 Christmas <laughs> contest coming up at wow. 8 o'clock. We've got uh, movie tickets to Avatar, and we've got mm-hmm. Christmas cash, if you can name that sound. That's coming yeah. up this morning on our lots show. Of, so there. Lots of Christmas nice. All around. Uh-huh. Honey, so, hard gold <laughs> cash is always good. <clears throat> Sorry. All right. Catch Sandy's show right, right now nice. at 89.1 FM. We'll see you tomorrow for Thursday. Fantastic. Bye, Sandy. All right, folks. Um, Mr. Goodlook says your camera's blocked. It is. Shouldn't be. All right, let's play our intro. Oh gosh, I forgot to log on to the radio. Oh, Chuck is gonna kill me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, somebody's like, I'm not hearing you and Bobo. Sorry. Let me message Chuck real quick. Um, yeah, I gotta Ugh, every morning. You know what's so funny? It was actually in the studio early today. But every morning it's like, okay, here's your list of stuff to do. And sometimes you still forget to do something on your list. Hmm. That one's pretty important. <laughs> so excited about all these giveaways. All right. Let's do, uh, Vicky, we're coming right up. Coming right up on Bobo. Here we go. Peppermint, sorrel, ginger, beaver grass, or English. Get it ready. 
Your morning tea just got hotter. Ooh, honey child. On the cold hard truth, Bobo 89.1 and Cayman's number one talk show are bringing you morning talk like no one else. Monday Rewind, Impact Wednesdays, Caribbean Connections, and much more. Don't miss a beat with what's happening in the local community. Just keep sipping your tea. What a mess. Here's your host, live and direct from the Cayman Islands, Sandy Hill. Folks, good morning and welcome back. My apologies for our radio folks. I think we should be good now. Let me know. So let me let me get out of the way so you guys can see all of the Christmas stash. Look at that. Mm-hmm. I think if I get out of the... There we go. Yeah, it's trying to focus on the presents. But you see all those presents back there? Guess what? Christmas is here. And we have got tons of amazing prizes um, to give away. Over 60 prizes. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Um. Mm-hmm. What? Okay. Oh man, you gotta be kidding me. Mm. All right. Trying to trying to check in something. <laughs> oh my goodness. This Christmas is a little bit off to an interesting start. So listen, we got our holiday uh list of all the goodies that we're going to be giving away over 60 items. This is really, really exciting, but we're going to make y'all earn your presents. Yes. Nothing in life is free. I keep telling y'all, I know y'all be looking for freeness. Well, it's going to be free once you can give me the correct answer. <laughs> so we're going to do some trivia and, um, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a combination of different things. So everything from, um, you know, uh, Christmas trivia, maybe even some Cayman Islands trivia question. Um, I'm trying to think what else. We'll do some general trivia. Because 60 prizes is like a lot of prizes to give away. Yeah. So we're going to kick off, because we have so many prizes, we're actually going to kick off the um, questions, and some of them will be easier, some will be harder. So we're going to kick it off today. Now, you've got to call in. These are the rules. Let me me lay the foundation for what the rules are going to be. Uh, Thank you, Vicky. So Bobo's now up and running. So um, you guys are saying that the screen is black? Hold on. Let me see what's going on with the link online. I may have to refresh. So is that happening on both Facebook and YouTube? Hmm. 
All right, give me a second. Let me refresh because I know y'all want to see the prizes behind me. Um, oh, yes. And I also want to put on my Christmas, my virtual Christmas hat because, okay, I'm seeing myself on Facebook. So that looks good. Let me just check YouTube. Oh, somebody. But it is a little fuzzy. So let me just refresh it. Hold on. Coming right up, coming right up. Today. All right, so um, camera is out of focus. It's just fuzzy. It's not even that the camera is out of focus. It's the whole live stream was just fuzzy. I think that that should be better because I've just refreshed it. All right, good morning to Miss Vernita. Omeria says, well, I'm here patiently waiting, Sandy. Good morning, Church Three Islands. Oh, what a beautiful day. Um, yeah, it's still fuzzy. I don't know. Still, I think it's a little bit better now. Wee Wee's here. Miss a good look. Thanks for joining us. Debbie is here. Peter, good morning to you. Uh, my apologies about Boba. I totally forgot to click on a little link. Had the window open and still forgot it. Olivia, Vicky, how are you? Um, oh, Mr. Goodlook is from Mississippi. You know, can I tell you a joke, Mr. Goodlook, about Mississippi? That was one of those. Um, that was one of those words that when I finally learned how to spell it, I was so excited. Mm-mm-mm. Because it has so many double letters in there that you kind of just get it right. And so the way that I learned how to spell it kind of has like a certain tone to it. Like you can almost do like a sing-along song. And so, yes, it was a big day as a teenager when I finally learned how to spell Mississippi. So let me see if I can remember without looking. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. You see, you got you to do it with like a little bit of a rhythm. And then it becomes really, really easy. Debbie, good morning to you. Vicky's in the house. Marshall's here. Steven, I saw your photo where you went out for dinner and had a nice time. It looks like a Chinese restaurant based on the little I could see of the decor. So um, looks like you had fun. Irvlin is in the house. Everybody can see now. Working now, says Peter. Thank you, Peter. Yes. Miss Mirtha, no, Mirth, Mirth, is that how you pronounce it, is in the house. K-Man detailing. I think we're all good now. We can all see. We've seen the light. Lulu, what you're showing us? We didn't see a thing. Okay, let's, let's have a look again. Look at the prizes in the back. 60 plus prizes. It's kind of hard because the camera still wants to focus on me. The camera is like trying to find me. I'd have to duck all the way down here. Look. Uh, nope. It's still trying to focus on the microphone. <laughs> ah, forget about it. Just take my word. It's a lot of prizes. <laughs> so, um, lots of prizes to be won, but before we get into the morning trivia, oh gosh, I got granny knees already. That little squat, I can feel it in my knee. Mm-mm-mm. So before... Before we get into this morning's trivia, uh, let's do a couple things. So there was another robbery last night, unfortunately. Oh, gosh. Can these robbers just give us a break? Like, seriously? 
I don't even know how much money you're making. Somebody's like, oh, well, until we address the minimum wage, I said, please, please close your mouth. It's, it's the dumbest thing in the world to say that these robbers are going out there committing these offenses because they're being paid minimum wage. They don't have jobs. <laughs> they have never had a legitimate job. They don't care to have a legitimate job. Being poor does not make you a criminal. Okay, the two are not the same. Just because someone's poor doesn't mean that they have a criminality mentality. These guys don't want to work. They've never worked. They would rather come into your place of business and your home, steal from you, and that's an easy way for them to get a couple hundred dollars. No matter how much the hourly wage is, they're going to continue to do that because that's who they are. They're criminals. Yeah? Let me tell you all a story about a guy. I heard this story yesterday. He's got family in Cayman. This Jamaican guy was killed. So I'm not going to tell you um, his name or who he's connected to here in Cayman. But listen to how crazy this is and how criminals think. Okay. So this guy um, is in Jamaica. And his sister, uh, I guess like building a family house or whatever. Nice big house. Now, you know, in Jamaica, honey, child, let's just be very honest. The bigger and more beautiful your house is, the more you're going to be targeted. I'm so um, shocked when people decide to build these awesome homes in Jamaica, and they seem to not understand the risk involved in doing so. Seriously, there's, there's risk. So, you know, people are like, oh, I want to go back home. and I want to retire and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Well, you can do that, but you do understand that there are people who would rather steal from you than work for it. They'd rather murder you for something that you've worked your entire life for. Some people will spend 20 years building a house. Yeah. And uh, they finally say, okay, I'm going to go home. I'm going to retire. I'm going to, you know, they don't even get to enjoy it for a full year before somebody decides to murder them because the jealousy, green eye jealousy, like, oh, you have a big house and I can't have one. You see, this, this doesn't have anything to do with poverty, really. This is just bad-minded people who always want something for nothing. Because there are a lot of people who work very, very hard. Every little dollar they get, they send home and say, okay, you know, work on the foundation, do this, do that. And Cayman, folks, has been the same way. So for many, many years, the Cayman Islands was all about um, seamen going overseas, sending their little money back. Somebody reminded me yesterday that the seamen were making $100. Um, what did she say? Was it $100 a month? And she should know because she was married to seamen. So they weren't making no pile of money. $100 US per month back in those days. And it was hard, laborious work. Trust me, it was not easy money. And they weren't out there killing people and robbing people and doing all sorts of stuff, talking about, oh, y'all need to pay me more than $100 a month. Whatever the going rate was, they worked for it. And they still managed to send money home and try to you know, put together a little four by four house or whatever it was that they were building back in those days. 
we've just got people who um, literally just want something for nothing. And if they see you with something, they're going to take it. Right now, they're primarily targeting businesses, which is really, really sad. So back to the Jamaica story. So anyway, um, the, the sister lives in the UK of this family. And so she says to her brother that she has in Jamaica, she says, um, you know what? Um, you go stay in the house because now it's getting to the stage now where it's like almost completed. You know, once you start to put fixtures and stuff in, child, you better put up your burglar bars and secure your place because people are going to be, especially if nobody's there and they see nobody living in the house, they're going to target the house. But even if someone is in the house, a lot of these criminals just don't care. And they're going to be targeting it anyway. So this guy um, moves in to the family home. And another guy in the area is like, oh, wow. You know, you got a big house. I'm going to love your house and blah, blah, blah. Ray, Ray, Ray. And the guy said, listen, it's not my house. Now he's trying to set the record straight because already he see these green-eyed people kind of watching him and looking at him. He said, no, 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 it's not my house, you know. I'm just house-sitting. All right. So apparently this guy had been arrested for some mix-up with another murder, but I guess they didn't have the evidence for it to proceed through the courts, and they let him out. Mm. Turns out he was a murderer after all. So anyway, one day now... um, he see the man with his little car and he said, um, loan me a car. I need to go up, up the way there, whatever. So the guy said, um, mm, I'll, I'll drive you. How about if I just drive you? No, 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 never mind, never mind. So he just wanted the vehicle. He didn't want the guy to drive him. It's, it's not really a ride he was looking. Turns out he wanted the vehicle. So when the guy offered to like, oh, you know, I don't mind because my father live up there that way or whatever, you know, I can make a trip out of it. And um, drive, you know, give you the ride. That's not what he wanted. The same thing. When you're trying to help people, when they beg you for something and you say, oh, man, oh, you're hungry? I'll give you food. And not food that they want. It's the money to buy drugs or alcohol or prostitutes or whatever else they're into, right? It's not really that these people are hungry per se. Anywho, um, so... A couple of days afterwards now, the man come out of the house and he noticed the road is blocked with one big uh, lock. Not one big lock. Um, Ruby, I'm reading your message. One big um, uh, log in the road. So he gets out of the car to try and move the log out of the road so he could, you know. A lot of the roads in, in Jamaica, I've noticed, are about the size of Cayman Road. Some of them are even smaller. And in some towns, like that's the main road and they have heavy equipment and trucks and everything driving on those little small roads, right? So anyway, um, he gets out now and this recently happened. He gets out now to move this uh, log out of the way. Here comes this man, jump out the bushes with a machete and chops off his hand, chops off his arm. Yeah. Now you can imagine losing a limb. Automatically, your body goes into shock. And you start hemorrhaging and, you know, it's if in situations like that, you're going to die if you don't get to a facility or somebody can't put a, a tourniquet on it or something. You're, you know, you lose a limb like that. It's it's almost sure death. Yes, Damien already onto the story. He said the log was a setup. 
Yes, it was a setup. So the man purposely put the log in the street. So when he come out now, he would have to stop and get out the vehicle. You see how wicked people are and how they can set you up? So he chomp off the man's arm. Yeah. Then he turns around and um, chops his head off. Straight off. Throws the head down in an embankment, whatever. Folks, he had a dash cam. The dash cam caught the whole thing. And there were eyewitnesses there as well who were like a distance off showing him throwing some man head down the embankment, down the ravine, whatever it was, right? So one man now, he's seen this and he's like, what the rest? BBC going on around here. So he pulled out his shotgun because it's just one of those places where I guess people carry weapons for their own safety and whatever. I don't know. So, sounds like a crazy situation to me. So he takes out his shotgun, aims at the man. I think he already had jumped in the vehicle at this point, you know, about to drive off to steal the man vehicle because my understanding is he was getting a little bit of heat in the local community because of the other allegations that he had murdered someone. So they're like, you know, we don't want you here, whatever. So he was getting some heat. So he was looking away to get out. And I guess he just never had a car. Anyway, the man take out his shotgun and aim and shot him right in the head and kill him. Boom. Talk about getting justice served immediately. No more long drawn out trial. And you get to sit in prison for years and the public gets to feed you and give you health care and whatever. Nope. The man put, took out a shotgun. Boop. Problem solved. But imagine losing your life over a vehicle. It's just, it's like a different level of <clears throat> evil and, and just gratuitous violence. My God, you couldn't just say to the man, listen, just walk up to the man with the machete and say, yo, bro, I want your car, you know. Just give me the car. You see, I got my machete. Just give me the car. I'm sure the man would have been like, take the car. It's not worth me getting chopped up with a machete. Yeah. So this man actually has family in Cayman now. Oh, Lord. I feel so sorry for people who find themselves in these situations. Mm -mm -mm. And this is why when you hear me talking about how we have to stamp out certain things, right? Uh, by the way, I got my oatmeal this morning, so forgive me for um, taking one or two little bites during the show because I got to eat it. Half the time it sits here and it doesn't get eaten. <laughs> so um, when you hear me talking about stamping out certain behavior, mm -hmm, and maintaining our standards, right? Not cloaking people up in wrongness. This is necessary for us to make sure that we're not going down the same road of lawlessness that so many other places, the U.S., um, you know, all of Latin and South America, this would be normal for them, Jamaica. Uh, I was reading something the other day in St. Lucia, actually. You want to hear how bad it is around the world? Hold on a second now. So I know that we always think, let me see, do I have that? article here. We always think that Cayman has the worst of it, right? And that's why I like to educate myself. Because trust me, as bad as Cayman is, even with the robberies, which need to stop for the record, they definitely need to stop. There is still a sense that this is a very safe place. Still one of the safest places in the world, in fact. 
So I was reading something about St. Lucia. Let me see if I, I actually did a screenshot of it because I was like, wow, I had no idea that things in St. Lucia were this crazy. I think this was Monday. But um, they have had, I want to say 60 something murders already for the year. Murders, yeah. I was like, what? Um, so, you know, their officials were complaining that they are having a bit of a crime spree. I'm like, really? I had no idea. Yeah. So, of course, they're at a loss of what to do. Here it is. Here's the article. All right. St. Lucia is world-renowned, it says. Um, oh, gosh, let me see if I can get this. As a tranquil vacation spot popular with honeymooners, but it is also fast becoming notorious for serious crime. There's already been 68 homicides this year. Imagine. And last weekend alone, there were multiple shootings. Commissioner of Police Crucita Descantes Pulius gave a statement on Monday following a bloody weekend that saw 16 people shot in three incidents, two fatally. He goes on to say, as we head into the festive season, we're realizing unprecedented levels of violence in every sector of the island, despite significant strides by members um, of the, does it say public? Let me see what the next thing. Oh, members of the um, Royal St. Lucia Police Force. We contribute, I don't think, oh, we continue, sorry to observe, observe increasing increases in homicides, gun-related activity, and other serious offenses. We will take back our streets and make St. Lucia safe for all citizens and visitors. And to the individual's intent on wreaking havoc, you will be weeded out. There's no room for you or your behavior. And the organization which uh, I led or I lead will succeed in putting a stop to your actions. He goes on to say that St. Lucia has no place other than incarceration for those who wish to operate with impunity. So this is crazy. How big is St. Lucia population-wise? I had no idea. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about St. Lucia. I think I only know one or two people here uh, who are even from St. Lucia. Uh, it's, it's a bigger mass, like island mass. Um, let me see what their population is. So we're looking at, um, oh, they were inhabited by the French. Okay. Um, the island is previously called Lua, what is this? Lu Analao and later Huanora, names given to by the native Arawaks and Caribs. Okay. Um, population of an estimated 180,000 people as of 2022. Yeah. And, uh, they're having a problem with crime. I feel like worldwide, unfortunately, we're seeing an increase in crime. And it's always one of those things where everybody's like, you know, the criminals be warned, we're going to take you in. And, um, as our commissioner said here, 
they um they do as much as they can but as soon as the prisoners come out of jail right at some point you send them to jail they they get recycled they come out and so that's why you see these cycles and it's it's link they need to do a better job of actually knowing who is coming out who the hardcore or want to be hardcore criminals are who are incarcerated and when they're being released and you know the the um by the way the uh, what's the board call the um prison release board or whatever they call themselves maybe y'all need to think about letting these people out sooner parole board right they only serve 60% of their sentence i would like to see legislation quite frankly that makes them serve more like 90% of their sentence or 100% of their sentence. How about that? You commit a crime, you shouldn't be getting any, oh, we'll give you a discount when you go to jail. Discount my rear end. So Prime Minister laments years of tolerance for corruption. So we have deep-seated issues that have nothing to do, and I want you all to accept this as a fact, that have nothing to do with minimum wage. Every single country, every single island has had some degree of corruption that is deep-seated in who we are, yeah? So when we talk about the drug running that went through Cayman, the money that was laundered that went through the Cayman Islands, the planes that came in here, loaded with bags of cash is thrown on the floor, you can't, you cannot not understand that when that is your history, even if that's not what's going on now, we were built on a foundation of pirates and lawlessness that has only gotten worse, okay? That was drug money. There were drugs and cocaine and all sorts of stuff coming through this island. I always hear stories, of course, I wasn't here in the 60s. I wasn't alive. But I always hear these amazing stories of how Oh, you know, even in the 80s, this one was working for the National Airlines. She was a stewardess. She was a this, she was a that. And she was involved in, in importing drugs. And the husband and this one, they were all into it. All trying to make money. Yeah? So, the criminals now might be different. They might change. Maybe they're not as cute and pretty as someone wearing a skirt getting on an airline. But criminals are criminals. Corruption is corruption. The, the, the attitude of lawlessness is what is important to consider. So poor St. Lucia, what a mess. Skyrocketing. Murder rate now has it ranking along along Venezuela and Honduras in the top five most violent countries in Latin America and the Caribbean. Wow. That's kind of crazy, actually. I didn't realize that they would have been on rank with them. Because, listen, Honduras <laughs> is, uh, you know, I don't know if currently they're the murder capital of the world, but... They definitely had um, that reputation, huh? So it's interesting. Huh. Poor St. Lucia. What a mess. 
As with anything else, uh, they gained independence, by the way, from the UK in 1979. But it goes on to say here that the causes of crime are complex, but many of the killings have been linked to the growing power of the country's underground gangs. Gangs have been prevalent in St. Lucia since the 1980s, but there's evidence in recent years that they've become wealthier, better armed, and more fiercely competitive owing to the island's increased importance as a transit hub for South American cocaine, record amounts of which is being shipped to Europe. Okay. When you mention minimum wage being the issue of concern, let me understand what you're trying to say. I could be a gangbanger involved in gratuitous violence, <clears throat> making unbelievable money with no real skills. And you think you can raise the minimum wage to what degree that would entice me? Don't confuse your issues. The minimum wage is one question. Impacts the cost of living, right? Impacts your quality of living. That's, that's an issue that needs to be discussed, without a doubt. Most of the people making minimum wage in this country are not even Caymanians. So I chuckle. When I hear Caymanian say, we need the minimum wage increase and improve our way of life. And I'm like, you do? Because you're not making minimum wage. So your salary isn't going to increase. Your legal secretary, your reception, messenger, front desk. Let's just talk about some of the lower jobs that Caymanians might hold. Even the cashier at Foster's are not making minimum wage. So who's making minimum wage? It's a lot of the foreigners, which is quite sad, that are actually the ones making minimum wage. And a good degree of their money is not going to be spent in the Cayman Islands no matter how you slice it. A lot of domestic workers are the ones who are making minimum wage. Now I want you all to think about the increase on the, of the minimum wage and how that is actually going to impact your lives when it comes to the overall increase in the cost of living. Somebody sent me this thing yesterday from KY Mummy's Nanny Finder, where this woman says that she wants to pay $150 per week. What does that work out to be for the month? Somebody do the math quickly for me. Not very much. <laughs> That's what she wants to pay as the growing rate for a... One month old, taking care of a one month old, the person must be patient, kind, and very attentive. I don't know if you can afford all that at 150. I'm just saying. I'm not even sure how they're going to get a work permit for that. That's $600 a month. You do the math and divide that by how many hours you think this person is actually going to be working. And then you do tell me exactly how that can work. But honestly, those are the people, yeah, who are getting minimum wage, helpers, nannies. And the vast majority of those people are working for Caymanians. Now, I don't think anyone who understands the value of their own child should be paying somebody $150 a week. But I don't know what her financial situation is. And I guess if she's saying that's all she can afford, 
I still don't think she's going to find anyone of value who's going to be able to survive on that kind of money. But the thing about it that is really, really disturbing is the second you say, let's increase the minimum wage to $10 an hour, $12 an hour, what, what do you think it's going to be that is going to improve the quality of the lives of people who are actually making the minimum wage? Now, here comes a trickle-down effect. The trickle-down effect means that everything is going to go up. You have pension payments that are going to increase. Yeah? The cost of goods is going to increase because maybe there are some people who are in that minimum wage bracket who do work for some of the grocery stores, although I don't believe, and I stand to be corrected, that any of the grocery stores are paying $6 an hour. But even if they're paying eight and you say, no, 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 eight isn't enough. We need it to be $12 an hour. So let's go raise that floor. How do you think it's going to be paid for? Where Where is the money going to come from? Morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Good morning. How are you? Not Thank bad. You. How are you? <clears throat> I'm all right. Good. I'm just tuning in and I am loving the topic mm-hmm. about what people don't understand about the minimum wage is and you touched on it and i think you you, you made a good point is <clears throat> it raises the cost of living for everyone mm-hmm. right and here's why if i own a little business let's say i own a supermarket right mm-hmm. i can't run the supermarket myself i have to hire people to run my business for me mm-hmm. and when i hired those people I agreed on a price. We agreed on it. We have a contract in place. Mm-hmm. Now in comes the government. The government says, <clears throat> oh, well, um, you can no longer pay them that. You have to pay them a minimum wage, right? Which may be more than what they're getting now, mm-hmm. right? Now, while well-intentioned, as a business person, remember why I went into business for, to make money, right? One of four outcomes is going to be possible now. Either I keep all my staff and I just raise prices on all the goods in my supermarket. So now that $2 loaf of bread now becomes $3 and that uh-huh. $4 gallon of milk becomes $5. And that $11 or, lettuce that everybody complaining about now becomes $15. Aye. Aye. Oh, so that's scenario number one. Or scenario number two, let's say that I had person X, person Y, and person Z. Person X is manning the cashiers. Person Y is stocking shelves. Person Z is is sweeping the floor. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna get rid of um, person Z mm-hmm. and distribute his duties between person X and Y. I mean, why not? Because if I have to pay them more, I'm gonna give them more duties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? That's scenario number two. Scenario number three. <clears throat> I cut down on their hours. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, so I keep them all. I cut down on their hours. But now that I've cut down on their hours. They're no longer full-time staff. They're probably part-time staff. So I'm sure that's going to have some some impact on how much money they make in total as well as whether or not I pay pension, whether or not I pay um, medical and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. right? 
Or scenario number four, which is the most unlikely scenario, I'm going to be a benevolent business person and I'm going to take that out of my own profit and give to them, which defeats the purpose of going into business to begin with. Right? Now, those are, those are, those are just four scenarios. Mm-hmm. And I can list, I can list off people that I know right here in this country who have, been, who have seen and who have um, experienced one of those four scenarios, right? Government's role is to enforce contracts, not to say how much I need to pay my, my workers. Mm-hmm. That's where I stand. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Thank you, caller. You're welcome. All right, folks. So um, your opinion matters. 936-BOBO is the telephone number, 936-2626. Just for the record, the U.S. federal minimum wage is $7.25 per hour. Yeah? Um, What do you think the minimum wage in Cayman should be? It's at $6 an hour. It was never supposed to stay at $6 an hour, by the way. The previous government said, oh, we're going to review it in a couple of years, and they never did that, honey, Jim. Another broken promise by the progressives, quite frankly, right? So it was just to get us started. But what do you think it should be? $8 an hour? $10 an hour? $12? $18? What do you think the minimum wage should be? Good morning, caller. Hi, good morning again. I have to call back. Yes. What do you think minimum, it should be? The minimum wage, the minimum wage should be zero. It should be whatever you negotiate with your boss. So you don't believe in a minimum wage? I don't believe in a minimum wage. If I hire my workers, remember my my business is what's going to make me money. Mm-hmm. The people I hire are who's going to take care of my business. If I take care of my workers, my workers are going to take care of my business in theory, right? So. It's in my best interest to give them a competitive salary, but it's not for somebody else to tell me to come in and give them, you have to pay them X amount Mm -hmm. because then it brings all kinds of inefficiencies come into play. Mm -hmm. Right. But, but before, before I lose my point, um, talking about crime and, you know, the cost of living, Mm -hmm. I think what happened with Cayman is that we've had a runaway development and we've been so inviting so many wealthy people to come in and, and, Wherever wealthy people come in, I don't have any problem with wealthy people coming in. I mean, they bring development, they bring those things, but there's a point, right? That where things become so expensive because think about it. Again, I have my little my little shop. I'm selling bread for a dollar a loaf. Mm-hmm. You're buying my dollar, you're buying my bread for a dollar a loaf. In comes um Bill Gates. I'm just using him as an example. And he now with all his money can buy much more than you can buy in my store. So I'm going to raise prices, supply and demand. I'm going to raise my prices. And when I raise my prices now, he can still afford a $3 loaf of bread, but you're now going to suffer, mm. right? We've invited so much development into this country and we've, divide, we've invited so many rich people. And, and again, because it's tax-free, I mean, everybody likes to think that taxes are bad. I mean, I'm not looking to impose any tax, but I can only see a tax fixing this. Because mm-hmm. now you have a bunch of rich people, you have a lot of money in the economy, and with a lot of money in the economy, prices go up. It, it's it's an inflation of a kind, mm-hmm. right? So the only way I can see this fixing is if is if government puts in a, a an income tax or some sort of tax mm-hmm. to to reduce the supply of money in the economy hmm. that will bring things down. 
Okay. Anyway, I promise I won't call again. Sorry. <laughs> you got to call with a prize right. next. All right. <laughs> I hear you. All right. All right. So listen to this, right? I told you that the minimum, the federal minimum, minimum wage in the U.S. is $7.25 an hour. Um, what's the, what is the CIA equivalent of that? Seven twenty-five. Somebody can do the math for me. Y'all are good at these things. Um, seven twenty-five. If we do it at what, um, eighty? Yeah. Um. Hold on now. Uh oh, I did it the, the opposite way. Hold on. I always forget which way to do it. So if we do it at eighty cents, that's actually five dollars and eighty cents CI is the federal minimum wage in the U.S. Now, that doesn't mean that at the state level, it might not be a little bit more, but that's that's the bare minimum that it can be, yeah? So um, on July the 18th, um, somebody keeps calling me. Hold on one second. Let me see if there's anything urgent. Good morning. I'm on air. Are you calling me about anything urgent? Yes, nine three six two six two six. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, they were trying to call Bobo. Nine three six Bobo. Don't call mother number. Not while I'm on here. All right, July the eighteenth, twenty nineteen, the U.S. House of Representatives passed an amended version of the Raise the Wage Act of twenty nineteen, which would gradually increase the federal minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour by twenty twenty five. Mm-hmm. Okay, I found this on the web oh, for. This, this, a Siri business on this phone. Um, so here's the situation though. The current minimum wage, federal minimum, minimum wage of $7.25 an hour has not increased since 2009. 2009? What year are we in again? 2022? That's 13 years. Oh Lord. I thought we had it bad. Hmm. Look. Somebody who has it worse than us. The big, bad, democratic, supposed to be first world, rich United States of America. They've not increased their minimum wage in 13 years. And y'all know inflation and the cost of living and everything has gone up for sure in 13 years. Anyway, the bill died in the Senate as the Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions declined to vote on the legislation or to even discuss an increase in the minimum wage for that matter. Wow. As a result, the debate over whether to lift the minimum wage rages on in the United States of America. Interesting. They can't do it. They can't get it right. Hmm. All right. So here's what proponents of raising the minimum wage say. You guys have all heard it. The primary argument advanced in favor of raising the minimum wage is that higher earnings would improve the overall standard of living for minimum wage workers by providing them with more appropriate income level to handle the cost of living increases. Now, you do have to understand what the standard of living is and how to actually measure the standard of living. So baseline definition Y'all paying attention in class now. Don't fall asleep on me. I know it's early in the morning. Standard of living refers to the quantity and quality of material goods and services available to a given population. Yeah? It is the material well-being of the average person in a given population. 
So there's always the rich people over here on the right-hand side. Their standard of living is going to be what it is. Normally, regardless of a lot of the economic factors that might impact the rest of us. Somebody said the other day, I can't remember who it was now. Would you rather have a billion dollars or what was the question? Or something else. And they were like, what would I do with a billion dollars? A billion dollars is more money than I could ever spend. This person's a millionaire. She's a social media influencer. And she's like, you know, I'm already a millionaire. I can't fathom a billion dollars. There comes a point in time when it's just a number (laughs) because there's only so much money you can possibly spend and so many material things that you could possibly have. Those people are in a totally different realm of reality than the rest of us who are on a legit hustle over on this side of the equation. Then you've got the majority of the people, the average person. Now, they normally measure this standard of living using what they call the gross domestic product. Some of y'all might have heard this term, GDP per capita. In the United States of America, they're able to get figures on a quarterly basis. They can tell you about employment numbers, you know, weekly, monthly, what the trends are. In Cayman, we seem to be woefully behind on all of these things because we can only get annual reports. Good morning, caller. Hi, good morning, Sandra. Just calling in um, to reference one of your previous callers. It might have been the last call. that you raised that were very interesting, but one of the key things where I think I diverge from opinion on that caller's uh, comments is the, the, the point of the minimum wage mm-hmm. is where absence or moral decay within that society. So if governments or if the society is operating as it should, mm-hmm. there should be no need for protection. And that operates the same with any consumer protection legislation. Uh, Cayman, of course, is woefully absent with a lot of consumer protections. Mm-hmm. So in subject of minimum wage, where employers are treating their staff well, paying them a fair wage, mm-hmm. there would be no need for minimum wage. But even in our society with a minimum wage uh, requirement and codified in the law, we find a lot of abuses mm-hmm. to uh, really wage theft, contract disputes, well, even beyond contract disputes, just employers not honoring the terms of contracts. So even with the legislation, we still see deficiencies. So on that point, I think it's 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 inadequate mm-hmm. to make the 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 conclusion that minimum wage is not necessary in the Cayman Islands, and then to make reference the supply of money in the economy, which is a separate point really altogether. The supply of money has very little to do with whether or not people are paid a fair wage. And that's really all I wanted to call about. Okay. matter of consumer came and has very little of. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks. All righty. So um, asking a few questions here. What do you think the minimum wage should be? One person on uh, social says $8 per hour. Uh, seems fair. Uh, Errol says at least $10 an hour. Uh, Ruby says that she didn't agree with the, not the last call, but the one before that. Uh, Jonathan says just wait until next year when beef and pork production will drop another 50% and the prices in Cayman will raise another 150%. 
Uh, Ruby says, if you were not a business owner, then you would not be happy but with a minimum wage of zero. So Ruby does make a very fair point here that oftentimes it comes down to when you're looking at these questions, where you are in the equation, right? So business owners, of course, will be hesitant um, to say, oh, yes, go ahead and run out there and increase the minimum wage because they understand the realities, quite frankly, of what is involved in running a business. And I say that as someone who's been on both sides of things, as a small business owner, and also on the other side as just an employer. Employers, Ruby, um, you say that you wouldn't say that if you were just an employee, my apologies. And likewise, employees don't understand the cost of doing business. So that, Ruby, that's a double-edged sword. That cuts both ways. The workers don't understand the nature of doing business and the cost of doing business. The employers may, because some of them have been business owners, some of them have worked for other people, so they get it. But some of them, likewise, will not appreciate the necessity, as the last caller said, to have a good moral compass about what you actually are paying people. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the discussion today. Good morning, um, I think minimum wage should be in a um, category. Like, for instance, construction workers um, versus money. I think they should, should um, separate it like that and um, try to make it as clear as possible because um, to say minimum wage for a construction worker to be $6, that, that's ludicrous. So I think it should be in a category where everyone can benefit. Mm. And the other point is, a lot of these companies here is um, even when you're qualified, experience, um, college degree, or whatever the case might be, mm -hmm. they, 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 with my experience, they still hold back on um, a lot of salary or per hour pay that a person should receive. And that just trickle down because when a person working honestly, mm -hmm. they in, they out and cannot make ends meet. Come on now, we are just human beings. Mm -hmm. We always have that survival mentality built into us from creation. We're gonna find other way other ways to, 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 to supplement um taking care of the family. So for a better society in general. Just like what you previous caller said, we have to have a moral standard and be fair with each other. Mm. That's my two cents. Okay. So um, that caller thinks that doing it by a sort of category of work might be the solution. Mm. I don't know. I think that that adds a different level of um, complexity to the issue as well. Um which means I guess we'll be spending more money as a country uh, on the labor department trying to keep track of what categories are being paid what. When you have an across-the-board minimum wage, then it makes it a lot simpler, right? Chantel says, I don't know what state you're talking about, but in Oregon, it's $13.25 per hour. No, that's the federal minimum wage rate. So understand the difference now. The federal minimum wage rate means that for the entire United States of America, it doesn't have to be any more than $7.25. It can be, and a lot of states might actually pay more than that, but that is the federal. You know how about the federal level? 
There's certain things that are dictated and the states have to follow that, right? So the federal minimum wage is what it has to be, the minimum across all 50, how many states we got? 51 states. And then an individual state can pass legislation that certainly increases it. We, and we can look it up state by state. But here's an interesting um, tidbit that I'm going to share with you guys. Look at this visual. This is the minimum wage by country. Now, you can't see the bottom, so I'm going to read it to you what the hourly minimum wage is. Um, actually, let me take off that little scroll ticker and you might be able to see it. Yes, there you go. Okay. So we have countries like Australia, 1454, Luxembourg, 1367, New Zealand, 1318, uh, Monaco, 1188, Ireland, 1154, France, 1146. And these are the top 20 countries with the highest minimum wage in 2020. So this is a little bit dated. Uh, United Kingdom, 1137, Netherlands, 1121, Belgium, you know, you'd realize that it's all the European countries, by the way, who are in the top. Belgium, 1106, Germany, 1068, San Marino, 1055, Canada, 1033, South Korea, 899, Israel, 817, Japan, Japan is only 752? Wow. I would have thought Japan would have been much higher on the list. Spain comes in at $7.30. United States of America, $7.25. Andorra, $6.72. Slovenia, $5.84. Taiwan, $5.26. Those are the top 20 countries, listen carefully, with the highest minimum wage in 2020. So in at number 20 and number 19, Taiwan and Slovenia comes in below the Cayman Islands. Now, keep in mind, this is in U.S. dollars. So that's even less in CI dollars. Perspective is a hell of a thing, right? $5.84, let's do the math, U.S. dollars in CI, if we're doing it at 0.80, is $4.67. That is it in Slovenia. Taiwan, $5.26 by 80 is $4.21. Spain. And of course, we can't compare apples to apples because these countries also have huge populations. And so their cost of living is oftentimes very, very different than ours. And you have to accept that that's a reality. Spain comes in at 580, $5.84 CI. That's the equivalent. And the list goes on. Hmm? So in a lot of countries, they do have it built in where the annual minimum raise is increased like on an annual basis. In the US, like I said, it's not moved. The needle has not moved in 13 years. Hmm. So the minimum wage for non-tipped workers in the United States remains at $7.25 per hour in 2020. 
the 17th highest in the world, but barely half that of the global leader, Australia. So just to be clear, individual states have the power to increase the federal minimum wage and 29 of them have done so. That's still not a whole lot. 29 out of how many states are there? There are 51 states. Uh, so 29 have increased it, the minimum wage. 21 still haven't. So it's almost like a 50-50. hmm Yep. Chantel, we crystal clear? So Oregon is one of those 29 states that have actually decided to increase it beyond what the federal minimum wage rate is set at. Magdalene joins the conversation by saying that the reality is that everyone should have the opportunity to run their business and see how it is. And then they will have an appreciation of pricing. Okay, let's talk about this for a second, Magdalene. This is really important. So Ruby brought it up saying business owners don't have a clue about what workers go through. And I'm going to argue the opposite side of this coin as well. That workers have no clue what it takes to run a business. And I agree with Magdalene. Just like I think every person should have the opportunity to travel abroad. Yeah. Broaden your horizons. See the world. See different cultures. Eat different food. You become a much more balanced individual when you appreciate what else is happening everywhere else in the world. I find that most people who live here, most Caymanians have a very narrow perspective on anything, whether it's minimum wage, immigration, whatever, because our point of reference is just this little island with how many square feet and that's it. Square miles. So you run a business. There's a lot of fees that you have to pay, not just salary related, wages, pension, all that sort of stuff, depending on the type of business. So if you're retail, you've got rent, all the utilities. So in addition to paying one set of utilities for your house, for the retail space, you've got CUC, you've got water, you've got rent. Uh, Some rental places have what they call a cam fee, which is like a monthly maintenance fee. So if you're paying $1,500 for the rental, another three, four, $500 for the cam fee to maintain the lawn and the this and that exterior, it's kind of like a strata for businesses, for business complexes and stuff, yeah? The maintenance, uh, if you're retail, the, your goods, so whatever it is that you're selling and their associated costs with that, customs duty, shipping, you know, the whole works. Everybody thinks that being a business owner is easy. And that's why every single person should do it. Because you get a rude awakening when you actually have to do it yourself. And you understand. You get it. And as someone who's been in business for, how long has it been now? 20 years? I can tell you that you make a lot of mistakes along the way. Mistake number one. Opening a retail space too quickly when you're in retail. Sometimes that's not the way to go. Yeah? Because that's a big chunk of whatever money you're making. Rent in Cayman is not cheap. And it's not just the rent, like I said. It's all of the 
ancillary costs associated with having a physical brick and mortar location. Just to fit out a unit, you go into an empty shell of a space. A lot of times you've got to put down the tile, the baseboards, the very ceiling, some of these units be like, yeah, that's your responsibility. We ain't doing none of that. All sorts of fixtures and this and that, display cases. You got to ship that in. You got It is a pretty penny to get started in the world of retail. Not just what you're selling, the goods that you're selling, but all of the other things. If you're selling clothes, you need your mannequins. You need your shelving, your hooks, your racks. Somebody's got to install it. So if you can't do it yourself, then there's labor costs involved. You can imagine what it costs to fit out a grocery store that's a couple thousand square feet with shelving, flooring, signage, display cases for produce, the bread section, all the refrigeration needed to keep the cold food properly refrigerated. Just the initial fit out. And then on top of that, the maintenance of all of those things, because you don't just buy a freezer and be like, okay, I'm good now forever. You better service and maintain that, clean the coils, do this, do that on a regular basis. Otherwise, you won't even get the proper life cycle out of your equipment. One of the most expensive businesses to be in is the restaurant business. Go and sit down and talk to someone who owns a restaurant. Y'all complaining about the cost of food. They're paying the same cost of food. They might be able to get it in bulk, yes. And I guess that gives them some buying power depending on how much they're buying. And the bigger you are, so there is a conglomerate of restaurants here in Cayman. Um, can't remember the guy's name right now. I saw him the other day at Cayman Bay who owns, he's one of the owners. You know, but if you own six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve 12 restaurants, you can, you can have a little bit of a bargaining power in terms of how you're importing your stuff. But it's not as much as you think. Last week, I had the opportunity to sit down with the owner of Burger King. I, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, Peanut used to own Burger King. He sold the franchise, Burger King and Popeye. So the new owner, really a super nice guy, was talking to me. And he said, you know, sometimes even him as a business owner doesn't quite understand the cost of goods. So he's asking his suppliers, why? Tell me again. Why are we paying this outrageous amount for lettuce? Because they got to pay it too. So y'all are complaining about, oh, yeah, the price of a burger is no longer two for six. It's now two for nine. Well, they have to pay the same increases, the same inflation, food inflation that you see, they have to pay. And so he was saying to me, you know, Sandy, I'm asking my suppliers, why are we paying so much for lettuce right now? And then they explain, oh, yes, there was a drought in California. There was a this, there was a that. There are a lot of different factors, not just regular inflation. But there are oftentimes other things that is driving the increases in certain foods that we see. Now, in the United States, they have something called the Consumer Price Index. Like I said, here in Cayman, we kind of behind the times. We're getting real-world useful information. I guess the statistics office kind of does the best that they can do up to a point. And then so many of you don't even want to participate in the process when they do call you for information. That's why it's important 
even as a business owner, to fill out those surveys so that ESO has accurate information. Because all of these things make a difference when our legislators sit down and they look at the numbers. Employment is up, down, steady, this, that. Consumer price index, Where? how is it moving? So the consumer price index CPI is a measure of the average change over time in the prices paid by urban consumers. Listen to how this definition works now. For a market basket of consumer goods and services. Urban consumers. They're not talking about the people who are in the country or just like you and I, because of their population and small town sizes, they're gonna their consumer price index is gonna be a lot higher. Yeah. It has rose by 7.1% over the 12 the past 12 months in the United States of America. Food is driving the cost of your little basket. Energy is driving the cost of your little basket. Now, they're going to have the next release for December 2020 CPI data on January the the 12th at 8.30 a.m. Look at how precise they can be with their data and information. And poor us, little, little country, and we still kind of so behind in the times. Will we ever get there? I don't know, honey chill. I'm I'm here to kind of push the envelope and, and help the situation along just a little bit. Now, here's what it says. The best known index, which is the CPIU, depicts the inflation experience of all urban consumers. It's important to know that this may not reflect the actual inflation experience of any given household. So your inflation for your household might vary. There's different things. Here we go. Here is one of those economics 101. Research has shown that consumers with different income experience inflation quite differently. I said that earlier, didn't I? But in a different way. What you make will impact what you spend and even how you see the economy around you. You've got a bit more of a cushion to work with when you're a millionaire. Or you make $100,000. Or you make $500,000. Well, it depends on on where you're living, right? Because $100,000 in a place like New York, not no money. That's nothing. Because your square foot of what you're paying for a house is out the roof. Not even a house, just a little inky-dinky apartment if you're in the city. Here's another economics 101. Lowest income households, so these are the people all at the bottom, spend a larger share of their budget on household essentials. Isn't that crazy? The lowest income household spend a larger share of their budget on household essentials. So they tend to have a higher budget. Yeah? 
for rent, food, and medical. This is the budget shares is what they called it. The budget shares dedicated to motor fuels, vehicle operations such as parts, maintenance and repairs, insurance and fees are slightly greater for lower income households compared with higher income households. That's interesting. What are some of these essentials? Rent, food at home, medical care, household utilities, motor fuels, motor vehicle operations, and telephone services. I wanna show y'all a graph. Now I gotta give this to you in bite sizes, so we can go a little bit deeper this morning, but I know we can't go too deep because already I might be losing some of y'all in the classroom. Be like, oh God, Sandy, I don't understand this. This is confusing me. You've got to learn to appreciate and understand a little bit about these things, because then when you start to have conversations about minimum wage and you want to be an expert on minimum wage, you cannot have those conversations in isolation with what else is happening in the economy around you. So this is the household budget here in this graph. Household budget shares of expenditure income for lowest and highest incomes, and this is between 2017 and 2018. You see for rent, the blue column is the lowest income uh, people. Right next to them are the people who have the highest income. The people with the lowest income are spending more. It looks like it's about 35% of their money on rent. Food, same thing. Difference there. Medical care is more or less even. Household utilities. The poorer people are paying more. Motor fuels, they're about even. Motor vehicle operations is more or less even. Telephone services, just a smidgen of a difference. Right? So lowest income paying 34.93% of their money on rent. Highest income earners are paying 2793 Food, lowest income earners are spending 9.44% compared to 6.58%. Household utilities, smaller spread, but it's 4.3% versus 2.73. Mm-hmm. But here's the kicker. Household budget shares for people who are the highest income households, these are people who earn more, they're still spending money, but they spend their money in a different way. Hmm. What, pray tell, are they spending their money on? Well, let's have a look. We got the information right here, honey jail. Those people are spending their money, not much of a shocker, food away from home, they can eat out more at restaurants. That supports restaurants and small businesses. Mm -hmm. Recreation. Notice the big gap. They have money. Disposable income. New and used vehicles. Wow. That's quite a jump. Apparel. So they're spending more on clothing. 
elementary, high school, and college tuition. Um, that's because they're sending their kids to school, especially colleges, and they're actually paying for private schools and stuff, whereas probably some of the lower income people are just going to send their kids to government schools that are no cost, no direct cost, I should say, to them. Lodging away from home, airfares, because again, they're consuming things like travel and all these things a little bit more. Not much of a difference with the cell phone and computers um, in terms of money. Here's another bit of reality for you. Lower income households tend to face higher rates of inflation. Hmm. Yeah. So the lowest income households tend to face higher inflation rates than all urban households. And the highest income households tend to face lower inflation rates than all urban households. So there's a difference. Inflation doesn't affect every person in the same way. Right? Everything from you going to different stores, buying different things. Our cousins, when I was visiting the other day in Fort Lauderdale, was saying to me how, you know, eating healthy is expensive. When they go to Whole Foods and that's our thing, I'm like, mm-hmm. Then I bucked up on a fitness person at the airport when I was coming back, and he was saying to me, Sandy, you know, people don't realize that a lot of things in Cayman are actually cheaper than they are in America. And he, again, was talking about groceries. He's like, I went to Whole Foods and some of the, you know, natural foods and whatever things that I eat, even some of the supplements, I can get cheaper in Cayman. And I said, really? I said, but these are the conversations that we need to be having. Because every single person in this community right now is talking about the cost of that head of lettuce. Which, by the way, can I just tell you all something? Stop eating iceberg lettuce. It has like zero nutritional value to you. Give it to the rabbits. Other types of greens is what you need to be eating. That lettuce is now overpriced because of worldwide shortages and people, farmers can't get it grown fast enough and blah, blah, blah. Throw that lettuce in the garbage in any event. Just don't buy it. From the perspective of your body, it really does not do you a whole lot of good. And I've proven this myself. Because y'all know I like a bargain. I have walked in. I'll use A.L. Thompson's as an example. I've walked into A.L. Thompson's, looked at an item, and I want to make sure I'm going to pay a fair price if I'm going to buy it here in Cayman. And I said, okay. I take out my little phone. Y'all know I got um, Amazon app on my phone. Amazon app allows me to scan any product out of their billions of products that they must carry. So I can take anything, scan it. Um, trust me, barcodes are and everything. And then it'll tell me exactly what I'm going to pay for it. So say, for example, I had this little notebook here. Does this have the barcode in the back? No. Uh, you, you need something with a barcode, obviously. Um, I don't even have anything in my office right now with a barcode that I can reach. But whatever it is. Oh, you know what I'm going to show y'all? Hold on. I'm going to show y'all. Real-time demonstration. Hold on. Give me, give me one second here. I want to grab one of these boxes. Oh, yes. I think it should do this barcode. All right. So you can grab any product that has a barcode. 
and then you can scan it. So let me go to Amazon now and see. Amazon app, and you click on the little up at the top, search Amazon, it has a little barcode thing. And then you click on, on search. Um, and then it's gonna scan the barcode. So once you click on search, it comes up, scanning the barcodes. Sometimes, oh, that's the wrong barcode, my bad. You gotta know which barcode to scan, by the way. Let me see, it says item not found, but I was scanning the wrong one. There we go, found it. Yeah, make sure you scan the right barcode. Now it's gonna show you in real time what that item is, right? So I actually want, give me, give me one second here. I wanna pick up, this is an older model, so I don't really wanna scan this one. I wanna show you guys in real time how this works. Let's take a look, quick commercial break. Crichton Properties is one of Cayman's most trusted real estate companies for over 50 years. We offer a diverse selection of property listings and help our clients navigate the world of buying or selling their properties with confidence. Crichton is a name you can trust with our excellent customer service and family-friendly touch. Contact us today to list your home, land, or condo for sale by calling 949-5250 or email info at crichtonproperties.com. Crichton Properties, a trusted Cereba member. All right. Um, these barcodes are so close together, actually, that I notice it's having a hard time distinguishing between the ones that I wanted to scan. Gosh, why did they make them so small? You get too close and then the, the phone isn't focusing on the barcode. All right, let me see. Um, yeah, this barcode scanner is going to find this one. They made this barcode so incredibly um, small. Okay, let me just, you can also type it in, but the barcode scanner makes it super easy because then you know that it's that exact product because sometimes there's a difference in products. I had someone um, last week or two complaining about some item at Foster's being overpriced. And I reached out to Foster's and Woody then spoke to his um, buyer and come to find out it wasn't even the same product. So they were saying, oh, in the UK, I can get this, whatever. And the guy was like, it's a different size. It's a different weight. It looks the same, like if you're just looking at the box, but you need to read the details. You know, when I say the devil in the details, you've got to read the details. It is not the same product. And the person was like, well, I don't care. This, this, this is the ignorance of consumers. Well, the same thing to me. And I'm just like, you see, this is why you need to own a business. You need to get out there and own a business of your own. Yeah? Before you talk about this is the same thing, because you will understand how things come in different weights, how they come in different, you know, it's just completely different. It's not the same product. It's the same cookies, but you got the big bag versus the little bag or whatever. All right, stick with me, stick with me. So look at this now, right? I wanna show you all something because this is important to understand. So here are these uh, things that I sell. Um, this is a, a Buzz TV box is what it's called. They come in different models and stuff. So again, you gotta compare apples to apples and oranges, oranges. So you can't come to me talking about the, the economy box 
when I'm selling the premium box. Now here's this box right here. This is the one that I sell. At $175.39 on Amazon. Amazon has, oh gosh, they must have billions of people who shop on Amazon. They have a wide plethora of um, things that are available to purchase. So Amazon is normally the best price that you can get, but not always. Like I said, I've been in A.L. Thompson, scanned a product that was cheaper in Cayman for me to purchase. And that's cheaper landed here, having paid shipping, customs duty, et cetera. And the cost of containers have skyrocketed since COVID. Skyrocketed, try like 10 times the price. Yeah, to get a container here from China. Now, if it's coming a shorter distance, maybe. And that has pushed up the cost of containers even more because now there's like a worldwide shortage of containers as well. So this box is $175 right here. Can y'all see that? How much do you think I sell it for in Cayman? Any guesses? I sell it for $175 US. I mean, my apologies, CI. This is the US equivalent. I sell it for basically the same price in CI dollars. And I'm paying duty. And I'm paying all these other things on top of it. Now, if I had a retail store and I had staff to pay and all these other things to sell these boxes, I would have to now start thinking about, gosh, I can't sell. I mean, the margin, and this is what I tell people, right? Because people buy the boxes. And I said, listen, the, the money that's made on, on the boxes is like minimal. <laughs> Nobody not going to become no millionaire off of this. Sometimes you're just selling a particular product to be able to have it in stock for your consumers so that they can then purchase other things. But on the one item, you might be taking a loss or you might just be at your break-even point. That's not your moneymaker. But even as a business owner, there are business owners who do not comprehend how pricing is done. That's why, like I said, Everybody needs to become a business owner. You need to have the experience. You purchase a dress in Miami and you want to resell it in Cayman. How do you mark it up? What is the formula that you're using for markup? Because there is such a thing as a markup formula. You know? Most businesses in Cayman have no clue. They just stop at a price on it. And they want to think that they can market up 100, 200, 300, 400%. And the more savvy consumers become, right, the more they're going to go, hold on a second, why are you selling that item for $500 if I can get it on Amazon for $175? Because there comes a breaking point when it makes zero sense for you to pay a particular price for it. You might as well buy a ticket to Miami and ship it or use a shipping company and bring your own item in. There's a lot of factors, folks, that go in to being a business owner. Your biggest headache, literally, financially, and figuratively, are your staff, right? Staff turnover, people coming and leaving. It's like a revolving door. Every time they come in, you got to onboard them. Set up insurance, set up pension, do this, do that. Then the next thing you know, two months later, they're skipping out on the job. They're not showing up to work. 
then you got to go through the process of either terminating them or if they quit and they don't come. You know, y'all don't appreciate what it takes to run a business. The conclusion that I came to with retail is I need to be able to just manage it myself. I cannot be bothered with staff anymore. Half the time, they don't want to show up to work. When they do show up, they come in with an attitude, with a story about what happened over the weekend, how they got chopped up, and then they had to leave early because the boyfriend got in an incident and he got arrested. I mean, especially for small business owners, and especially when you're trying to hire Caymanians, listen very, very carefully to what I'm going to tell you. It is a headache to hire a Caymanian in certain businesses. What they put you through, no business owner should have to go through. But y'all don't know that and you don't appreciate it because you've never been in that position. Go and set up a retail store, right? You want $8 an hour? Pay that retail person $8 an hour. And you tell me if they're even worth $5 an hour? Because most of them are going to sit there on the phone all flipping day. Do nothing to bring in sales into your business. Yeah. So you're paying someone essentially to do almost nothing. They don't get it. Oh, when customer's not in the store, you got to get up. You got to clean. You got to do this. You got no, honey, child, they can just sit down in their bunk all day and want to surf the internet. Irvlin says, kaboom. She understands because she's a business Ka-boom. owner. These are the things that people have to put up with. The micromanagement of staff. You tell them to do something, you got to check up on them 50 times before it even gets done. Irvington says you do not go into business to break even. You have to make a profit. But what I'm saying is, depending on the nature of your business, not every single thing you can make a profit on. And this is where people lose it. They don't understand the nature of markup. So every item, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make a profit. Some things you might have to take a loss on. The market might dictate that. But then you're able to mark up other things where you make a little bit more of your profit margin here, there, and whatever. But yes, nobody overall gets in business to lose money because then you're going to have to close your doors. You're not going to be able to pay your rent. And there are things that are necessary for people to pay, such as pension and health insurance. And a lot of businesses, a lot of companies are not paying that to their workers. That's how they're becoming profitable. By breaking the law. You understand? And that's not right. There is a cost of doing business. And that includes being fully compliant with the law. Speaking of people who are not fully compliant. Jeremy Bodden. From what a construction company name again? We come in for you again tomorrow. You can't learn to pay people their money. How many workers you owe pension and insurance for? I'll come in for you again tomorrow, Jeremy. This is ridiculous now. We already had you featured on the show. We've given you an opportunity to get your shit together. And here we are again, having to talk about you again. A Cayman business owner, you're making me ashamed to be a Caymanian right now. Get it together. If you cannot pay your obligations, you shouldn't be getting paid. You shouldn't be making anything called a profit. 
if you're not paying your liabilities and you need to shut down and come out of the business because clearly you're not a good business person. There are people in this country who have taken hundreds of thousands of dollars from their workers by way of unpaid pension and insurance money, but they take it out and they spend it in their businesses. They spend it on their girlfriends, trying to keep Spanish women happy and whatever else the hell they're doing. Their quality of life, their standard of life is not impacted, but they're taking your hard earned money out and still by law, not paying it into a pension fund or they don't even have insurance on you. So when you drop down with a stroke, you have no coverage and now you got a huge medical bill on top of it. Our legislators need to change it. If pension and insurance are going to be compulsory, it is the equivalent and the magistrates and courts say it all the time. It is the equivalent of theft And as such, it should be coming with a jail sentence. I bet you what, it would, in a quick amount of time, curtail those breaches. What's the sense of implementing laws that have no teeth? You might as well not have it there. Emmy says that some stuff in the U.S. um, are more expensive, yes, but you still stand a better chance at saving. Gaining points on your cards. Um, What is GAD point? Gas gas points? Food points and stuff like that. Well, I mean, okay. So you have a point system that's going to pay you back. But the, the truth of the matter is when you're talking about just the cost of living, there's a lot of places in the U.S. that the cost of living is no different. And it shouldn't be that, oh, I'm going to get points back um, off of, why did my light just go off? Did y'all see that? That I'm going to get points back off of a system and that's going to justify or make me think the cost of living is any better. You're also paying more taxes in the U.S. as well, to be quite fair. So your salaries, $7.25 minimum wage, if you're living in 21 out of the 51 states, that's still less than Cayman. <laughs> so every, everything literally is relative. Of course, I can find better bargain, bargains and clothing and stuff like that in the U.S. It's just a volume question, really. Right? You have millions of people living in Miami alone. So the buying power is very, very different. Sugar says, um, can someone tell me, Sandy, there's an accident right now by Tropical Gardens entrance and there's a lady inside the car not moving, just sitting there, everyone passing by about their business and no one cares to help. Well, hopefully someone has called um, 911 for her. So... um, These are some of the things to consider. So Everton says the United States minimum wage is $17 and change per hour. No, it's not. Not the federal minimum wage. I don't know what state you're in that's paying $17 an hour, but let's have a look. Yeah? Because we can definitely... 
Um, we can definitely see by state what it is. Uh, minimum wage by state, 2022. Um, California comes in at $14. So 30 states now, as of 2022, have a higher than the federal minimum wage. That includes Guam, Washington, D.C., and the Virgin Islands. So there are industries that um, are, I think, excluded. Like tip workers, they don't get a minimum wage the same. And there are exemptions for them. Let me see here. Does this tell us? So we have states with the higher minimum wage rates include Connecticut at $14, Oregon at $13.50. Cities with minimum minimum wage uh, rate higher than those of the state include New York. So New York is, um, New York City is $15, whereas New York State is less than that. So the city can set apparently their own rates as well as at the state level. Portland is $13 and it's 25 cents higher than Maine. So this is now where a particular um, city is higher than the state that the city's in, if that makes any sense. So we have Alaska at 1034, Arkansas at $11, Arizona at 1280, California, $14, Colorado, $12.56, Connecticut is $14, District of Columbia, that's Washington, $16.10, Delaware, $10.50, Florida, $10, Hawaii, $10.10, Illinois, $12, Massachusetts, $14.25. So the District of Columbia is the entity that has the highest minimum wage in the United States of America. 18 states have scheduled adjustments to their minimum wage, and it varies, you know, sort of state by state. Most of them will increase in January of 2013, so there's like annual increases. Some states exempt certain jobs or sectors from the minimum wage law entirely, such as New Jersey. They exempt uh, salespersons of motor vehicles and employees caring for children in the home of their employers. Domestic workers are exempt from minimum wage. So there's a whole debate really, and we could get so much deeper in this, but we're gonna save the rest of the conversation for another day. What are the pros and cons? And we'll bring some experts on in 2023, some economists that we're gonna talk about what are the pros and cons of actually increasing the minimum wage here in the Cayman Islands? Because the government has put together this minimum wage committee that are sitting down looking at this on your behalf. And they're going to, at some point next year, I assume, come with some recommendations. So it's going to be interesting to see what they recommend. It'd be interesting to know who's on the committee. What's their, their business acumen, their experience, their, you know, what are they bringing to the table? 
Now, the point I wanted to make is that everything has, every action has a reaction. And a lot of times we are agitating for government to do certain things. And we don't think about the full impact of what that means. Before we have this conversation of increasing the minimum wage, the first question you should ask yourself is who actually is at minimum wage? Who is it impacting? What percentage of the population? Who are they? Are they mostly foreign workers, Caymanian workers, whatever? And I'm not saying here that your um, foreign workers don't deserve to be making a certain amount. Everyone is up to a certain extent in the same boat. But if you're increasing the minimum wage, which is going to impact, the impact is going to impact Caymanian business owners, small to medium-sized business owners, not the big boys, because the big boys can pay you three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 a month to be a secretary, whatever the going rate is. So that's not going to impact them directly as such. But the little mom and pop stores, you want to say, Increase the minimum wage to $12 an hour, which increases their pension liability and so on. They got to increase their prices. You're not going to pay it. A lot of those businesses will succumb. And maybe this is, you're saying, well, that's just how it is, Sandy. That's the world economy. They're going to succumb to the economic struggles of an increased minimum wage and they will close their doors. So, you have to appreciate that it might mean that you're going to actually lose some businesses. Now, don't go out there and increase the minimum wage and have no enforcement and no compliance of it to allow people like Jeremy Barton to still not pay people pension and insurance and, and go for how many months and not pay his workers? Because those people are not being compliant with the law. Good morning, Danny. Morning, how are you doing? Not too bad. How are you? Pretty good. Good. I was going to stay out of the conversation until you use the word deserve. And I want to talk about the philosophy of wages. Mm -hmm. um, why do you pay someone what you pay them? And this causes us to think about the concept of a minimum wage because it's something that people think they deserve mm -hmm. and the idea behind wages think of there's a seller of a skill and knowledge and there's a buyer of skill and knowledge and so as an employer the question is how much should i pay for this person's skills and knowledge mm -hmm. And so if a person says, you know, I think I deserve more pay, I shouldn't be paid $4 an hour. Then what you do is you sit down and you, you do an analysis of what you know and what you can do. And then you write to your employer and you explain to them or potential employer and you explain to them why hiring me would be better than hiring the other applicants who's who's applying for that position. And mm -hmm. Let's just, an example might be, if you're applying for a cashier, you'd say, why your line is going to move faster than anyone else's, right? Because mm -hmm. you're talking about what you can do. 
And you see at the end of the day, just like you would buy, let's say you buy a can of something and you're going to market it a certain amount and you expect to make a certain profit on that can. Well, you want to explain to your potential employer why if they hire you, you will help them because of what you know or what you can do. You can help them sell more cans of that particular product or all of the products. And, and in, in so doing, your employer is able to ascertain whether your proposal is a reasonable one or not. Because at the end of the day, you can raise the minimum wage to any value you think you deserve. However, if the employer says, well, I don't think I could make a profit if I pay that price for your knowledge and experience, you're going to be unemployed. It is just that simple. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's all I'm going to say for today. And I'll wait for you to continue the rest of the conversation. All right, my dear. And it's, it's a valid point because one of the things I never hear really being discussed in this whole discussion of minimum wage. Yeah. Is a lot of people are not talking about how they need to retool themselves in order to make more money. Listen, you have a skill of value. You're not in the minimum wage bracket, right? Let's talk about our Filipino brothers and sisters this morning. A lot of them come to the Cayman Islands, even when they have uh, professional qualifications and they will work a minimum wage job because they just need a foot in the door in this country. Next thing you know, they are stepping in to other positions because they have the requisite qualification. So yes, honey child, they got an engineering degree. They have a computer degree. They're going to take your nanny job just for the sake of getting a work permit in the Cayman Islands. Once they are here, they start to network and they start to talk. And I've seen some of them move up. That's because they already had the necessary skills. I know one young lady, big shout out to Glenn. She went from working in a retail environment, making minimum wage to then becoming an IT specialist. And everybody was like, well, how the hell did she do that? She was already trained in computers. So it's interesting that our people complain about minimum wage, but I don't see the parallel discussion taking place, right? About how do you increase your value to an employer? What is your worth, right? The more specialty of a skill you have, whether it's in medicine, you know, whatever, there's certain jobs that you're going to just always command more money. Go and have a look and see what jobs pay more. And this is where education and TVET becomes important. Our people need to understand the value that they bring 
to the table or not. These criminals who are out there robbing subways, and by the way, somebody said they're not a Filipinos at robbing subways, and they're the ones making minimum wage. Or Indian workers working security or Jamaican workers working security. They're not the ones out there robbing subway. It's Caymanians who are doing it. Those people bring no value, even at $6 an hour. You wouldn't, in your right mind, pay them $6 an hour because they probably don't even know how to speak to your customers in a retail environment. They don't want to know how to use a register. You just want to pay people money to sit down and do what? This is some of the discourse that I'm hearing in this community. Oh, increase the minimum wage because these little kids from John Gray High School and Clifton Hunter and this one and that one, they're going to need a job. No, they must increase their value to an employer. Nobody should be starting out in life as a real chill clerk and that got to be your entire life, honey child. You start there. Hey, I did retail, university life. The hours are more flexible, whatever. But guess what? Even as a university student, I went into the retail environment and they saw, wow, Sandy's kind of quick on the uptake. She's good with her customer service. She can get the register, bam, bam, bam. She knows how to, you know, take her little mannequin, make the mannequin look half decent. Next thing you know, I'm assistant store manager already. And I'm no longer in the minimum wage bracket. I'm making more money. Hmm. Next thing you know, you're moving up to management. And there are people who stay in retail, but they don't stay at the bottom of the retail bowl. There are people who've worked in, listen, working in retail is a professional. Like if you're, if you're a manager of a Sam's Club, right? That's a multi-million dollar one-store operation. You've got to know a lot of stuff, staffing and budgeting. And, you know, and there are headhunters out there who are trying to scoop you from Sam's Club and take you to Costco or this store or that store. It is a big business, retail. And managers can make good money in it as well. But nobody comes in as a retail clerk at minimum wage and you're going to stay there forever. You should be aspiring to more. And for you to aspire to more, as Denny rightfully pointed out, it's not about what you deserve and what someone is going to give you. It's about what can you command. Your earning potential is directly linked and correlated to what you bring to the table. Right? Moya says, what about the added cost? You got tax, shipping, insurance, customs duty, 22%. I estimated the cost so far for the markup is running at $1,500. What item were we talking about though, Moya? And that's why when you're in the retail business, you got to be smart. You buy things in bulk if you can, right? You ship an entire container worth of stuff as opposed to like one, two little items. You're also ordering at a different price point. So you're not going into the store and paying the same price that the average consumer would pay. You should be getting it at a reseller's price, knowing that you have to then turn around and mark it up. So Jonathan is pointing out there's a retailer. He says, A.L. Thompson's Christmas special selling an Apple M1. I don't know what that laptop is for $1,800 CI. The same laptop is at the Apple store in the United States for $9.99 US. So he says for that price, he can buy a ticket, go to Miami, stay overnight in a hotel. Yeah, okay. Let, let's do the math. Because there's sometimes if you're looking at an individual item, 
it definitely doesn't make any sense. And I think just like me, you got to shop around, you got to be a smart consumer and you purchase certain things overseas. Now, Jonathan, when you travel to Miami, you did say you're going to pay hotel. You're going to need a car or you take a taxi. That's even more expensive, but okay. You're going to, um, you're gonna only going to stay one night in Miami. Money, y'all don't do that. You're going for a couple of days. So now you've got to add up the cost of the hotel. Hotels in Miami are running you all $150, $200 a night. Yeah. If you get a car, you're not getting a car for less than $100 a day. You got to eat there. You know, you're not just going to buy the one laptop. You got to shop and buy other stuff. So that's more money that maybe you weren't going to spend if you're just purchasing the singular item. Now, I'm not saying that this particular price might not be a little bit jacked up. Depending on when you're traveling on Cayman Airways, honey child, you could be paying anywhere from three to $500 plus for a ticket. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to pay duty on that item when you come in because you are going to declare it, right? Right, Jonathan? You're going to follow the law and declare it, not try to cheat CBC out of their money. All right. Um, this person makes an observation. What's up? They said there is a high minimum wage in Europe. Yes. However, the tax burden is very heavy. Oh, really? You mean like in Canada where 50% of your income or more is going in taxes? Ooh, honey, chill. When y'all are talking about, oh, they get, they get free healthcare. It ain't free. <laughs> you paying for it, but in a different way. This person goes on to say really high income tax. Mm-hmm. Your point about population is valid. Also, many of these countries produce a lot of their own basic necessities, such as milk. By the way, green looks good on you. Aw, thank you. Honestly, economics and financial literacy should be compulsory subjects in the school system. So many people don't understand how events in the world impact them. Yes. So... Y'all been complaining about lettuce. Let me let me tell y'all something a little bit about lettuce now. Um, this person says DC has a scorching crime rate, and so does Baltimore. <laughs> to the point that I just said they're at the top of the payment scale when it comes to minimum wage, and that not impacting their crime rate none at all. Hmm. So minimum wage doesn't have anything to do with somebody wanting to rob you? Go figure. Person also says, doubting that many Filipinos are robbing Subway. <laughs> um, what does someone say? I worked their ass off too. I used to be a grave digger. Well, honey child, you do what you got to do once it's an honest living. This person says the minimum wage means just that. It's the minimum you can be paid, but there's nothing stopping a company from paying more. And of course, uh, if there is no minimum wage, people will take advantage Maybe we should also look at a livable wage. Mm, I think you can start to confuse people now because the whole point of it being a minimum wage is it's supposed to be a livable wage. But what is livable for you might not be livable for other people and vice versa. Right? So... Um, you know, that these are some of the things that we need to have discussions on. All 
All right, let's talk about the lettuce situation because I know y'all been up in arms about it. Apparently, um, chicken chicken is no longer serving your salad and wraps because they said lettuce is too expensive. First of all, chicken chicken, the name alone tells you that they're not known for salads or wraps. I couldn't tell you the last time I've ever had a wrap at chicken chicken. They're known for the damn chicken. <laughs> you go to chicken chicken to order the rotisserie chicken, don't you? How many of y'all ordering a, a salad? So the price of your go-to lettuce, uh-huh, that's that um, one that I tell you has no, has no real, that romaine lettuce has no real nutritional value anyway, has been hit by inflation, but you're looking at a 61% rise in price. And this is not just Cayman, y'all. Yeah. But there's more to it than that. So the farmers have been predicting demand. But there's also been a devastating virus that has taken hold of the lettuce crops and created a massive loss of harvest for farmers. See, now this happened the end of October. And so, of course, the pricing in November was coming with these jacked up prices of lettuce. This is where I wish these local companies would have a little bit better of a PR mechanism in place, right? Because y'all Cousin Fosters and Kirks and Hurleys and this one and that one, had they just said, issue a little press statement, and this is, um, I know Woody takes a lot on board. Poor Woody, y'all overworking that poor man. This is the kind of thing that you have got to be progressive about. No pun intended, because they own progressives as well. <laughs> uh, you release a statement. When you know that this price can go up and everybody can be in social media, oh my God, let me take my picture of lettuce so I can get five likes or 10 likes or whatever. Look at the price of lettuce. Oh, these people gone mad. They gone crazy. How many of you, honest to God question, how many of you have actually, post, who posted that, know that there was a devastated virus that has taken out entire crops and there's been a massive loss of harvest for farmers. I'm just wondering. Do tell me. Call in 936-BOBO, 936-2626. I've seen your post. I've seen you cussing Fosters. How many of you know why? You're assuming that all of a sudden, Fosters trying to become millionaires off a of damn lettuce, iceberg lettuce and that, not even the good stuff? Come on now. It's called the impotence necrotic spot virus, I-N-S-V. It hit the Salinas Valley in California around three summers ago. Mm, mm, mm. And it is still having an impact. It is like chicken pox for lettuce, apparently. Yeah. They get ring spots on the leaves, sunken spots, stem death, wilting, stunting, yellowing, poor flowering. And once a crop is infected, that's it. The, the virus is spread by apparently an insect called thrips. Never even heard of them. They must be really annoying. But if a plant is infected and they don't catch it, that particular crop cannot be isolated in time and the virus will spread from crop to crop and it's going to damage an entire harvest. The result 
fewer crops, higher demand, and skyrocketing prices. Mm, mm, mm. This is the reality of why lettuce has skyrocketed. Hear what Kenneth Bauer, who's director of produce merchandising at Baldor Specialty Foods, has says. He says it's gotten worse every year, but this year has been particularly devastating. The hot weather this summer, for those of you who don't care about the environment and global warming, y'all better pay attention. The hot weather this summer in the area amplified the effects of the virus. Now, every grower in the area is affected and much of the crop is unharvestable. So all of a sudden, honey child, lettuce is a humongous commodity. Yeah. And it's not just iceberg, it's romaine, it's romaine hearts, green leaf, red leaf, butter, gems, artesian lettuce have all been affected by the virus. (sighs) Folks, what a mess. They say get creative with your greens because there are some greens that are not impacted by this virus. Spring mix, baby spinach, baby kale, wild arugula, as well as hydro butter, radigio. These are all different types of lettuce varieties, more or less. They're in good supply and offer better health benefits than that iceberg lettuce that you know and love so much, Jill. Mix it up. In fact, you know what? Anytime I make a sandwich, I try to sneak in spinach instead of lettuce because you get much more value. Y'all got to start keeping up with things now. Here's a report that just... Hold on. Let me let me play this one for y'all because I'm sitting here trying to educate you and you might actually not be even be believing me. You're like, how does Sandy know this stuff? Because Sandy knows a thing or two about research. <laughs> you know, the number one skill that I learned in law school is not that I'm going to be an expert in the law, not at all. The number one skill I learned is the ability to dig in people business. Look up cases, research, search the internet, search for this, search for that. That is how you get it done. Yeah. And that will make the difference in you passing that exam or not. Quite frankly. And in the real world, being able to make an informed decision. Hmm. Interesting. All right, let me play this video for you. Let me see here now. Um, Hold on one second. Hold on. I've just saved it now. I can't find it. Go figure. What's it called? Oh, yes. I see the name now. Yes, my love. It's important to know what you're talking about, you know. It's easy to shoot off at the hips. Oh, you know, the the government better solve this problem. They better get this cost of living. 
I'm like, what? Tell me again what you expect the government to do and how are they going to do it? Prices all over the world impacting a situation. And you think, you think Wayne Panton can fix the price of lettuce? Well, you must have known something that I don't know. Because I know one thing. He can't touch it. He can't do nothing with it. That's just how it works. Um, Let me see here now. Where is this file that I'm looking for? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me back it up a second. Ay, ay, ay. And after this, we're going to get our prizes underway. So make sure y'all paying attention. Get ready. All right, I'm going to. I'm trying to see, where is this video hiding from me? I see you, but I don't see you. Okay, it claims that it's in that folder, but I don't know about that. Hmm. Mm-hmm, save as, let me just change this. Oh, I see what it's doing. I know exactly what's going on here. Now I tell you, a little bit of knowledge, honey chow. It is changing the file extension. And that is why I don't see it. Give me one second now, honey. I'm going to fix this right up. So um, let me see here now. Uh, okay. So when I go into this folder where I know it's located, I want to tell it to show me all. Aha, there it is. Trying to hide from me. This thing must have thought it was smarter than me, honey, Jill. Let's just change the extension name. MP4, yes. We're gonna save that. Thank you very much, Windows computer. And now I should be able to see it. Let me see. It was there, but kind of hidden. Try to hide from me, honey, chill. Mm, mm, mm. I tell y'all about making sure you add value to your employer. Yeah, y'all see it? It's still telling me that it doesn't want to open that video clip though. Why? 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 All right, here we go. I think it's I think it's gonna do it now. Yes, are we in business? It says processing. All right, I got my trivia questions ready too. Mm-hmm. Can talk about some of our amazing sponsors or prizes. Mm-mm. Kind of spinning for a minute. Any day now, Chell. Any day now. There we go. Take a look at this. I paid six bucks for this tiny head of iceberg lettuce today. Experts say lettuce prices are soaring because production in the Salinas Valley is down significantly. And this is why a virus known as INSV is hitting the Salinas Valley hard. In October and November, most of the nation's lettuce comes from the Salinas Valley and the growers the lettuce growers in the Salinas Valley um, had a very low production this year because of a virus that affected the crop. With decreased production and high demand, lettuce prices are skyrocketing. Case of uh, romaine lettuce is going for uh, $75 right now. 
whereas um, uh, last January, it was more like $25, so almost a tripling in price at the wholesale level. Which is why shoppers may be in for some sticker shock, especially when they see a head of iceberg selling for nearly six bucks. So it's expensive and I would not have salad. The shortage is not just impacting salads. Some Bay Area Carl's Jr. restaurants are not offering lettuce. Others are holding off on putting leaf lettuce on burgers. At the salad shop, owner Josh Gentle says he's eating the extra cost of lettuce rather than pass it on to his customers. We have never seen a $70 box of lettuce, so it's a little shocking. But agricultural economist Bruce Babcock says the steep lettuce prices will likely come down soon as production shifts to desert areas, which are not as affected by the virus. Agricultural experts say the virus is not just impacting iceberg lettuce, but also red leaf, butter, and romaine lettuce. In San Jose, Marianne Favreau, NBC Bay Area News. All right, folks, you heard it. Not just us. $75 for a case of lettuce at wholesale. And you know, there are people who buy a lot of lettuce. Yeah, all these stores, you get a, you get a burger from um, even, even the chicken sandwiches you know, that you get from Popeye's, burgers, everything got lettuce on it. Now, would you rather them not put the lettuce on it for you? Can you eat a burger without lettuce? Can you eat it with just tomato and whatever else they put on it? Hear what Al says, if I can't afford to buy lobster, they won't drop the price for me. The capitalist way is to keep sucking from you. I don't complain about the price. Um, I buy what I like and what I can afford. Here, here comes Johan with his misbehaving self. Johan, we need one cow card for you, you know. He says, you too fast and nosy all up in people business. Buying lettuce is a choice, says Al. Irvin mm, mm, mm. says they curse every business owner when they don't want to pay. They come and tell you how much they have or how much to charge. Um, and then they're trying to be cheeky and tell you that they're not paying the goods and a lot of the, what? And, and of that them have, well, listen, <laughs> as Al says, you don't have to buy lettuce. There's nobody forcing you to buy lettuce. Who was that? <laughs> Chantel said that she loves her salads with child. You gonna have to find something else to be loving here shortly. Adriana says she's still getting her salads. Gabby says, you mean chicken chicken, um, who's selling leg and thigh meal for $13 and can't afford lettuce? You wait till you increase the minimum wage and then you're going to see what can happen. Magdalene says they're not woke. They don't read. Al says everyone can't have a high-end job, but everyone with a job should be able to live a decent life. If business owners uh, can't afford to buy a decent to, sorry, to pay a decent wage, shouldn't they shouldn't be in business. As some people do, um, all some people do is make excuses for not having a decent minimum wage. Again, Al, what is a decent minimum wage? What, what price are we going to put on it? And people will, listen, business owners will find a way. They're going to either have to cut staff, right? Downsize, close shop, or whatever, or outsource. Now, y'all not ready for this reality. Certain jobs, it mightn't be retail or working in a restaurant, but there are certain jobs that can easily be 
automated and or outsourced. Hmm. Now, I know even in my business, y'all think, right? Oh yeah, well, Sandy must hire all these people to do her writing for her and this, that, and the next thing. And then I ha have to have all kinds of issues with them, micromanaging them. They don't have any confidentiality. So when people message me, that's a whole other issue, you know, because some messages do, do come through on social and we have different administrators. It's very easy for me to outsource a lot of what I do in terms of like support staff. So someone maintaining the calendar, uh, uploading videos on the website, all those kind of administrative things. I don't need somebody in Cayman here doing that. I got somebody in California doing it. And she can do it even though she's in California. Well, now she's in Vegas. She can do it for a portion of the price that I would have to pay somebody here and pay pension and health insurance. I don't got to do none of that because she has her own business. She's a freelancer. And I just engage some of her freelancing services. Y'all paying attention? There's a lot that can be automated because of technology and eliminate your jobs entirely. So don't think you are that valuable to an employer when they can have someone sitting halfway around the world. All the maples and calders of the world and all the law firms, you should know there are people who can sit halfway around the world and prepare those same corporate documents for a fraction of the cost to the employer. Can y'all go run to government? You must stop the outsourcing of jobs. And guess what government can tell you? We can't do nothing about that. I've seen it happening already. I've seen people here in a work permit. They get rolled over. They go back to the Philippines. You know what the, the employer does? continues to have them working from the Philippines. Once the money don't touch a Cayman bank account, government can't do nothing. What are they going to do? Tell you that you can't hire somebody halfway around the world to sit there and do paperwork and to do computer work for you? Caymanians, wake up. There will be jobs that will be lost to automation. Computers. Eliminate jobs. Robots, all sorts of stuff, eliminate jobs. Anyway, that's all I got for y'all today in terms of that. Uh, Dorothy says, I no longer buy lettuce. I do spinach and kale. Yes, honey, I get it. Marshall says, a higher minimum wage comes at a higher price for everything, a higher rate for everything. All right, listen now. Yesterday, um, you guys know that we talked about rapist Renato. Apparently, his um, victim um, reached out to us. Wow. So this woman, I really want to applaud her for being um, such an amazing person and really, you know, um, Such an amazing person and really refusing to be a victim despite the horrible things that this man has done to her. I'm going to read you um, a note that she sent. 
Of course, we're not going to identify who she is. She has in principle agreed at some point in time to actually come on the program because we need to move the conversation forward about sexual assault, rape, child molestation, a child uh, sex offenders registry, and so on. Yeah. We need to really move the conversation forward on this. So I appreciate her reaching out. Um, she certainly didn't have to. And I think the reason why I'm going to share this is I do believe that this is something that could help other victims. Knowing that you, you go through this process, you go through the courts, right? You can get justice. So this is what she says. Hello, Sandy. I'm the victim from the Renato Harris rape case, and I'd like to say thank you for your support. Words can't describe my appreciation. I caught the live stream this morning, and I'm so happy there are people in Cayman like you. When I was in Cayman in September, I was so worried about how people just loved and protected this man that I would become public enemy number one amongst his friends and associates and particularly the ones in nightlife and the entertainment scene. I even had to put my social media in private and block certain people because I knew they were keeping tabs on me. Y'all should be ashamed of yourselves. I hope this empowers people to hold sexual offenders accountable and helps them realize that it takes a community to combat and stop this horrific crime. We all have our part to play to ensure the safety of everyone. I loved my time on the island. It's a beautiful country with wonderful people. And I hope I can come back to visit soon in a different capacity. Again, thank you so much. Well, thank you uh, for reaching out. And thank you for standing up to this monster who, without any justification or excuse whatsoever, decided to assault you not once but twice, decided to rape you not once but twice. And thank you now for also being a voice and an advocate for other victims to help them through the process now that you have had um, that experience yourself. It's sad that a victim is worried or has to be worried about the community uh, standing with the perpetrators and even harassing them. That, that says a lot about where we are and how much work we have to do because that should never be the case. Mm-mm-mm. Marshall says um, she is a brave and courageous woman. Dorothy says, I just found out Uber and Lyft taxi. I just found out Uber and Lyft taxis are managed by folks in Colombia. When you charter them, you go to the apps and someone in Colombia sends you the ride. Oh, and as in Colombia, the country? Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, I don't use those things, but I'm I'm not surprised at all. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, what can I say? Let's let's win some prizes, shall we? Y'all ready? Okay, got a long list of prizes, honey chair. Hold on now. Let me pull up my list. Pull up, pull up, pull up. Y'all get ready to call in. Time to call in. 936. 2626 is a numero de telefono. And uh, here are today's questions. Now you got to call in. 
do not answer in the chat because as you can see, when answers come in in the chat, they often come in in a slightly different order. And then you're like, no, I commented before that person and that person won before me. You got to call in. Give your answer. And as quickly as possible, I'm going to say yay or nay on if you got it right or not. Yes? No WhatsApp messages because I'm not even going to be reading that right now. You have an opportunity to win over 60 prizes. And I mean, some of these are legit good prizes. I want to be winning these myself. All right, here we go. Question number one. Numero uno. What Christmas ballet is the most famous as of all? Now, I'm going to give you the choices. Yeah? So today's is multiple choice. <laughs> so I'm trying to make it kind of easy. We start off easy. And then we're going to go from, from there. So the choices are, oh, somebody calling in already? That person must be really smart with Christmas trivia. All right. <laughs> 936 Bobo. Look like they hung up the phone though. 936 Bobo. Call in. So again, the question is, uh, <laughs> hello, caller. You got an answer for me already? Hello? Can, now you gotta be quick because everybody's trying to call in. So if you call in and you're not ready, um, we're going to just hang up on you and get the next caller. So you gotta be ready. Morning caller. Hello. Hi. Um, I would like to guess. I would like to guess. Okay. Is it the Nutcracker? Yes, caller. I didn't even have to give you all any of the multiple choice options. All right, pick a number. No, I actually, I actually saw it. Can I get between what and what? One and 65. Um, five. 65. 65. You want 65? Yep. Right. Yep. <laughs> is that a little child there with you? It is. So number 65 is, drum roll, please. It is an executive... <laughs> It is an executive physical from Health City. Well, I'm going to be fit as a fiddle because this would be my second one. Oh, my gosh. No, no, no. Pick, it, pick another number then. Pick another number. Pick another number. Uh, 23. 20, 23. Yes. That little child is really helping you out. All right. Hold on one second. I'm also jotting down your number. So we can make sure that we got it. All right. What, what number did you say again? 23? 23. All right. So you have just won yourself a monthly planner and a Popeye's gift certificate. Congratulations. All right. So number, number 23. Good job. Good job. You came out of the barn ready for that one. All right, so I got your number. Thank you, bye. And we'll message you later on about collecting that. Okay, so that's, that's good. Let me cross them off as we go along now. So 23, monthly planner and a Popeye's gift certificate. That one's done. All right, question number two. Y'all ready? Uh-huh. Here we go. Oh, gosh, people calling in. Hello, caller. Y'all ready? Hello? All right. Yes, ma'am. We got a winner for that one already. So we're about to ask the second question. 
Okay. Okay. Right. Thanks. Yeah. So I think it's helpful if you definitely, when you call in, you turn the phone off because then you get that feedback. So question number two, I wonder if I need to even give you all the multiple choice because y'all know these already. Um, okay. This one, I'm not giving you the choice because this one is pretty easy too. Where was mommy kissing Santa Claus? Mm -mm. Where was mommy kissing Santa Claus? Good day, caller. <laughs> Uh-oh. Hold on here now. Let me, oh gosh, somebody called in at the same time. I'm trying to pick this one up in the Bluetooth. Oh Lord. Hold on, hold on, call. I got you. My gosh. I just got like a million other calls. I'm trying to switch to Bluetooth. <laughs> they keep calling. <laughs> one second, caller. Give me, give me a second. Hold on, hold on. There we go. Yeah, I was able to switch it. All right. So where was <laughs> mommy caught kissing Santa Claus? Underneath the mistletoe. Yes. Beautiful. Congratulations, caller. So give Thank me you. a number between one and 65. Number 22. Number 22. Very good. So you're also getting a monthly planner, but you're getting two VIP cinema tickets. Whoop, whoop. Yes. Now hold on. Let me jot down your, your number. Hold on one second now. I got to make sure I keep these straight, chill. Because otherwise I'll be giving away your prize to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got number 22. And I got your number here. Uh-huh. 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 Okay. Very good. Congratulations. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We got more coming. So that's number 22 and 23 are gone. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, y'all. We got lots of prizes. All right. Next question for today. Who wrote the song? Oh, this one might be a little bit more challenging. Who wrote this song, Here Comes Santa Claus? Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. So the question now is who wrote the song, Here Comes Santa Claus? Mm -mm. All right. So remember, folks, when you call in, you got to be ready to answer. If you're not ready to answer, you're kind of wasting time, honey chill. So um, hold on one second, caller. Hold on. And for those of you who are not listening in real time, you're, you're behind in the questions because there is a bit of a delay on the radio. Caller, who wrote the song, Here Comes Santa Claus? Jean Autry. Jean Autry. Drum roll, please. Is that the correct answer? Yes, it is. Congratulations, yeah. caller. All right. Thank you. Um, which between one and sixty-five, which one would you like to choose? Uh, forty-four. Number forty-four. Let me see now. Number forty-four is. Wow, you just lucked out, girl. It is a streaming box with three months of TV service. Oh, wow. wow. That is a fantastic gift, if I might say so awesome. myself. Yes, you. honey child. Now, hold on. Let me get your number. Let me write this down. So that is number 44. And, uh, oh, gosh. Now, you're calling from a landline, it looks like. So do me a favor. You just WhatsApp me on this number to say that you won number okay. 44. And then we can link up with your prize. Okay. All right. Very good. Thank you. Okay. Bye. All right, caller. Hello. Hello. Hi. Did I answer the question right yet? 
Yeah, we're like on the fourth question now. We moved on quickly. No, with the song, with the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's gone already. Yes. All right. So uh, here we go now. The next question. What does Alvin want for Christmas? Is that Alvin the chipmunk? What does Alvin want for Christmas? Yes, let's see how many of y'all know this one. Good morning, caller. Welcome. Do you know what Alvin wants for Christmas? Hello? Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yes, I can hear you just fine. One second, I'm trying to get a phone on. Okay. Call's ringing off. Hello? You got you got to be ready when you call now. Uh-uh. All right, folks, be ready when you call. Good morning, caller. Do you know the answer of what does Alvin want for Christmas? A hula hoop? Yes, caller. You are a winner. Oh, thank you. All right, give me a number between 1 and 65. Um, 14. 14. Hold on one second. Let me see now. Let me see. Number 14. Oh my God. You got an awesome prize, caller. You have just won a leather Kenneth Cole messenger bag. Oh my gosh. That is so nice. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Hold on now. Let me just put down, that was number 14. Let me take down your number. Good job. Uh-huh. Thank you. 56, yeah. Nope, let me not reverse your numbers. Okay, good job. We'll be in touch, honey chill. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Wow, you guys are coming out of the barn with some answers. Caller, good morning. Uh, have they answered the Alvin? Um, yeah, someone just won a Kenneth Cole leather bag. Oh, oh I know. All right, let, let, let's do question number five. Let's see if you want to try your hand at this one. Question okay. number five. Oh, this one is so easy. What should little children leave out for Santa on Christmas Eve? Oh, milk and um, carrots. No! Milk and carrots. Oh gosh, you must you must eat healthy, child. <laughs> that is not the correct answer. Oh dear. I know. All right, let's give somebody else a try on this one. What should little kids leave out for Santa Claus on Christmas Eve? Caller? Hello? Y'all Hello? Got, you gotta be ready now. We got lots of calls coming in. What should little milk children... And cookies. Milk and cookies is the correct answer. Congratulations, caller. All right, give me a number between 1 and 65. 36. 36. Oh, very... 20, 26. Oh, 26. Okay, 26. Okay. All right, so number 26, you're going to get yourself a wellness planner and two VIP cinema tickets. Nice. 
Okay, All right. Thank well, you. Hold on. Don't hang up yet. That was number 26. I'm just going to jot this down. Uh-huh. Take down your number. Okay. All right. Beautiful. Got it. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. All right. Shall we do one more? Uh, so let's do one more. And remember, folks, I see y'all calling me all over the place, honey, y'all. Um, y'all supposed to be calling the, the show number. But all right. Let's see. Uh-oh. I think that one just got hung up on. All right. Let's go again. Final question of the day. Uh-huh. Hello, caller. Hold on. Hello, final there you are. The so this is going to be the final question for today. Hello, caller. Are you ready? Yep. All right. Hello, there you are. So this is going to be the final um, question for today. Are you ready? All right. Who is Ebenezer? Who is Ebenezer? Who is Ebenezer? Who is Ebenezer? Nope. That one didn't know. Morning, morning caller. Who is Ebenezer? Yes, the correct answer is the Scrooge. Pick a number between one nine. and 65. Number nine? Christmas time, 25. Oh, 25. Oh, right. Okay. All right. So you are going to get a weekly calendar and a Cayman Islands coat of arms pendant. Wow. That's a nice one. All right. Hold on. Let me just jot down your details here. Number 25. He went with lucky number, number 25. Okay. Very good. I got your info. Thank you. All right, folks. So we will continue playing. We got days before Christmas. Somebody just reminded me yesterday after the show, they called and said, Sandy, you talking about you have two weeks left till Christmas. Girl, you ain't got no two weeks. You got the rest of this week. And then next week, because your show is only Monday to Friday. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> you are so right. All right. So how many prizes did we give away today? We got, like I said, we got a long list, honey child. So we did one, two, three, four, five, six prizes today. Beautiful. We got like over, I think we got at least at least 65. And I think I'm supposed to add a few more to that. So tomorrow the number might even go up even more. All right. Hey, Sandy, I got, Hello. I got, I got a kind of a, something I want to, to oh, highlight. With I you. Know. Oh, hi, Ken. I, I know. I just pop, I popped in. I it was very important for me to pop like, in on this one. I'm like, where, where is Kevin? Did Kevin just call me? And I didn't know that he called. <laughs> you know, I got these admin privileges as well. I know. I know. What's so shaking? We, we got to go back to the caller who said milk and carrots. So yes. I did a little bit of research on it because I found it to be strange, and uh-huh. I found that in the Netherlands, children often leave carrots and hay to help energize Santa's horses. Yes, horses. Because on their trip of, of on a trip of the world, because in some parts of Europe, such as, such as Denmark, Belgium, and the Netherlands, children don't believe in Santa's sleighs are pulled by a reindeer. They believe they're pulled by horses. Mm. But child, we don't live in Europe. We don't. <laughs> we live in this part of the world, and we are leaving him cookies and milk. Uh, Stacy thinks we should do two more, but we still got plenty of time. Stacy, we don't want to give away everything in the first day. Jonathan says milk and carrots. 
I just busted a huge fart thinking about that combo. <laughs> but thank you, Kevin. Um, again, it's all relative. Where are you from, honey child? Uh, is, good morning, caller. Good morning. I think you should give away two more prizes. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! This person's like, do two more, do two more. We got, okay, how many, how many days do we have, Kevin? Let's, let's do the math. So we have all of this week. So today is only Wednesday. We got Thursday and Friday. So if we're doing like, and then we've got next week, five times five, that's 25. All right, let's do two more. Why, why, why the hell not? All right, let's get it. Let's get it. Okay, let me just pick another question. Two more then. Um, so Ruby says that the carrots is left for the reindeers and the milk is for Santa. Hello, caller. Hello, caller. Hello, caller. Hello. Hello. So the phone lines are, are, are ringing off. Um, do remember that when you call now, you got to be ready. So disconnect whatever other calls you're on because you, I think you're getting like the feedback and there's a delay. So you have to call in. I see some of y'all are messaging. These are the rules. Um, you've got to call in in order to win because uh, like I said, with the online comments, I see comments in a particular order. You might see them in a, another order. So caller, hello. Hello, good morning. Hi, good morning. Yeah. I'm, I'm about to ask another question. I'm in between questions. Yeah, I'm waiting. Oh, I'm waiting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So let me see now. Um, what reindeer's name begins with a B? A B? B as in boy. A B. B, B, B. Oh, B. I don't know. You don't know. All right. Let's give somebody else a chance then. What reindeer's name? Begins with a B. Caller? Blitzen. Blitzen is the correct answer. Very good job. Pick a number between 1 and 65. Uh, 65, please. 65 is a health city executive physical. This is actually a really Amazing. good Amazing. Yes. Thank you. Trust me, that saved you a lot of money right there, Chell. All right, yeah, so let you. me let me just write this down for you. Okay, hold on, let me get your number. Oh gosh, I need to see the screen now. That's you. Okay, one second. People keep calling and then I can't see your numbers. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let me see. I got you. All right, beautiful. Congratulations. Thank you. All right, folks, we're gonna move on to the next question. Final question of the day. All right. Uh, let me see now. Hmm. Uh -huh. Hello, caller. Yes, ma'am. Hi. You're going to hold I'm, on while I ask. I'm waiting. <laughs> sure. I'm waiting. Okay. Hello. What U.S. president was the first to decorate the White House Christmas tree? What U.S. president was the first to decorate the White House Christmas tree? Hmm. Kind of a tougher one. Nope. All right. That one gave up. Caller, the question is, what U.S. president was the first to decorate the White House Christmas tree? Caller, the question is... 
You're not you're not ready. You're not ready. You gotta you gotta be ready, folks, because we got a lot of people trying to call in. Good morning, caller. Morning, morning, Benjamin Harrison. No, that is not the correct answer. Good try though. Good try. All right, folks. Let's see. Caller. The question is: what US president was the first to decorate the White House Christmas tree? Caller, are you ready? Yes. Yes? Well, what is it? What's the answer? Well, Benjamin Harrison. No, that is not the correct answer. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, a little bit or harder. Chelsea Richel? Uh, no, one guess. That's okay, okay, okay. Thank you. All right. Um, caller on the WhatsApp. Yes, ma'am. The question, let me repeat it for you. What U.S. president was the first to decorate the White House Christmas tree? Uh-oh. Did we lose her? Oh, gosh. She was trying again. All right. Next one. Hello, caller. Question. What U.S. president? Benjamin Harrison? No. Oh, man. This one is stumping mm -hmm. y'all. This one is stumping y'all. Hello, caller. Question. Hello. What U.S. Good president? Good morning. Good morning. Do Hello. You a, do you have an answer for us? Is it Franklin Pierce? Yes, that is the correct answer. You know it's your girl, Cece. Uh, oh, Cece got on the Google this morning. <laughs> you ain't no doubt. Cece. All right, pay pay number. Which one of the prices got cash? <laughs> you try to behave. Pick a number, chill. Oh. Pick a number, honey, chill. Um, give me six to four. Six to four is a health city executive checkup. No. Now, Cece, you know that you could probably do with that one now. Behave yourself. Oh, okay. All right. Thank <laughs> you very listen, much. Listen, that's your health is your wealth now. Okay, so... <laughs> Those were the two additional questions. Uh, we are done for the day. And the questions, poor Cindy's like, I wanted some money. Uh, listen, your health is your wealth. And it is better than money any day of the week. Mm -hmm. So let me do a big shout out. Um, that's it, callers. Y'all still calling. Like, did anybody get question number two? I'm still trying to call. So um, <laughs> the questions are done. That's it. Sorry. There'll be more tomorrow, though. All right. So here, here's a, a big shout out to all of our sponsors. So, of course, CMR, your biggest sponsor, bought a lot of these prizes for y'all. And we dig, we digged deep in the little kitty. Uh, we'd like to thank Prodigy Jewelers. We'd like to thank Burger King and Popeyes. We'd like to thank Waffle Monkeys. We'd like to, of course, thank Health City Cayman Islands. We would like to thank Kimana Bay. We got some great Kimana Bay um, gift certificates and cinema prizes. We would also like to thank, uh, let me see who else we got. Uh, did I say Prodigy? David Ebanks from Prodigy. By the way, today is David's birthday. So please call David over at Prodigy and wish him a happy birthday. Tell him you heard, you heard it's his birthday through the grapevine on the mall road. We would like to thank Foster's Food Fair because we've got $50 gift certificates from them as well. And we want to give a big shout out to Cellular World, who has also provided a number of very techie prizes that you guys are going to love. 
So folks, we are just getting started. We've got all sorts of stuff. We've got books and we even have a party dress in here. Now, if it's not your size, you're going to give it to somebody who can wear it because it is a small size. We've got radios. We've got um, Dr. Teal's rest and relaxation kits. We have an LG soundbar. Big shout out to cost you less. We have lots of chocolate, like the good stuff, the Ferrero Rocher and all that kind of stuff. We've got an art studio, life coaching books. Um, what else we have? CMR mugs and uh, mouse pads. We've got a fusion rocket book, uh, vegetable chopper. Oh my gosh, business card holders. The list is like super long and it just goes on and on and on and on. And they're all fantastic prizes. All right. Thank you very much for tuning in today, folks. We got news, Kevin, anything else? Nope, nothing else. Just wishing everyone a beautiful rest of your day and uh, everyone, please stay safe. Now, are you getting your turkey ready for um, your deep fried turkey ready? I sure mm -hmm. am. I'm waiting just a few more days because I don't buy that frozen turkey. I buy my turkey nice and fresh. Yes. So, and um, in about a, a few more days, I'll uh, go ahead and go ahead and buy it and season it up real good so it's going to be marinating for a couple of days and then mm -hmm. i'm going to deep fry some turkey for christmas mm -hmm. i'm still waiting to try some of that y'all um i actually have a gentleman from west bay who does it as well and he's promised me that he's going to hook me up with some of this turkey so at least i can say i have had deep fried turkey beautiful all right so thank you uh ruby thomas she just woke up what um Okay, she said after she got older that what she left Santa changed to whiskey. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um Donna says, Miss Donna says that one should bling someone. Um, someone was guessing the um said her credit was finished. Well, folks, you gotta have credit. So um, yes, Jill Biden, Jill Biden just moved into the White House, honey jail. They've been decorating that tree for a long, long time. Jonathan says they're asking Google the wrong question. Oh, yes, Lavana. Oh, how could I forget? I need to pick up your certificates today. And we do have her on the list. So Lavana's Kitchen is actually going to be giving us some gift certificates as well. So lots of amazing prices. Oh, Pen Pen Penya uh, has got some great prizes on here. $100, $200 gift certificates. Woo, honey child. Now, here's the thing. If you've already won once, we only want you to take away one prize. Give everybody a little chance at the pie. Don't be greedy. So you can't call back tomorrow if you won today. But congratulations to all of our winners. Marshall, you were calling the wrong number. You got to call 936-BOBO. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Jonathan says that they need to donate some $1,000 gasoline prizes. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And, you know, um, I am sure that we um, are going to have more people who are listening going, uh, I want to throw in a prize up to last night. I have people messaging me, I'm going to throw this and I'm going to throw, I'm like, bring it on. The more, the merrier. Um, it's so the yes. season of giving. Yes, absolutely. All right. I'm, I'm thinking that list is probably going to go up to close to 70 prizes. Um, all right. So here's the news. Today's news headlines brought to you uh, by Kevin. Thank you, Kevin.
Hello, I'm Kevin Watler, and this is your CMR Daily Buzz. Here's a summary of some of Cayman's latest headlines. The Cayman Islands government will seek to curtail the current Cuban migrant crisis by introducing a bill to amend the Customs and Border Control Act to adjust procedures in relation to asylum applications. The amendment is expected to facilitate faster decision-making while continuing to observe the island's obligations. New regulations to protect Cayman's native and endemic plants and animals are now in effect under the National Conservation Act. Over the next 6 to 12 months, the Department of Environment will work closely with the National Conservation Council to undertake substantial public outreach to help the Cayman Islands community understand what the new regulations mean and how they may impact households and businesses across our three islands. Moody's Investor Service rated the Cayman Islands as AA3 stable, the same as the United Kingdom and just three levels below Moody's highest ratings. The latest rating means Cayman has the highest rating in the region and is among the top 30% worldwide. Now for your CMR weather update, it's brought to you by WG Charters. Sunrise at 6.50, mostly sunny skies are expected when the temperature is at 84 degrees Fahrenheit and the humidity at 70% like the forecast calls for, it will feel like it's in the high 80s. Winds east-southeast at 10 to 20 miles per hour and the sun sets at 549. At nighttime, the temperature falls to the mid to high 70s. Looking forward, similar weather conditions are expected. If you would like to know more on any of these stories, visit caymanmallroad.com or follow Cayman Mall Road on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. That's it for now on A Daily Buzz. Thank you for joining me. Please stay safe and God bless.